So on this episode, comedian Erica Rhodes joins us. She's back. She's funny. We'll do some tweet explaining with her. We have news coming up. I got some rants on Halloween candy. Neil deGrasse Tyson is going to join us as well. He's got a new doc out, and we'll do all that right after this. All right, this show brought to you in part by Simply Safe. If you have 30 minutes, you never have to worry about break-ins ever again. Just go to simplysafe.com slash Adam. Get all the sensors you need, all the help you need as well to set it up. Custom systems going to show up post-haste at simplysafe.com slash Adam. From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, Neil deGrasse Tyson and comedian Erica Rhodes. Plus, we'll do the news and some trending topics with Chris Loxamana. And now, a.k.a. Cash Widecock III, Adam Carolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on the church. Get them in to get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. I love that about you. Erica Rhodes. Hello. Back. Yeah. Good to see you, my dear. You too. Chris Max Pattis got some topics and news and uh, I got God stuff. knows what. Um, so first, just to be clear, the new album is called Ladybug, released at number one this month on Apple Music. But is it an album or is it a stand-up? It's a stand-up album. Oh, it's a stand-up album. Yeah, just the audio. Oh, oh, that's what makes it an album. Yeah, I yeah. think so. It's oh, okay. just the Chris, audio. Okay, you got to clear me yeah. up on this. What, what, how was I not clear? You said it was music, and I said, she, she said... I she, never said it was music. No, no, no. You said, I said, does she have a stand-up special? And you said she's got a stand-up album or something like that. And then, no, no. I said music or comedy. And I said... Comedy. But this says it's a stand-up. No, this is new album, Ladybug, released number one this month on Apple Music. Yeah, because that's how you get comedy albums is is through Apple Music. But but um, it's not a video. There's no video. No. All right. Well, then we. How many specials? No, we release. Everyone comes up and talks their special up, right? Yeah. You said she's got a comedy special. But it's on Apple I never Music. Said special. What'd you say? I said she has a new album, and you said uh, comedy oh. or music. I said comedy. It's a stand-up album. Like you know how people people I, used to do least, albums, but they don't do albums anymore. They don't so. do albums anymore. How many people in here do a special versus an uh, just a? You, there are more specials, uh, but there. Uh, how many still more? Do al- When's the last time? I don't know. Okay, uh, would you, would Adam Ray released one like just a year ago. All right, just I don't, but a I year don't ago. Think, I don't think this is fair. No, everyone comes in and releases a stand-up special, right? Okay, yeah. So when you said stand-up, I thought it was film. Should I just leave? But I said, no. that- Erica, hold on. No. We're talking. Go ahead. <laughs> when I said album, you asked music or comedy. So the, the special thing was already off the table. I said album. Right, but I don't know the nomenclature. Okay. And no one does... Yeah, no one really does. No albums one does anymore. it anymore. And I the had to person we had in yesterday an had a was. Netflix special. Everyone's got a special on YouTube, a special yeah. on whatever. So anyway, it's it's a audio <laughs> album, but yeah. it's not. There's no video. I mean, I thought about good. releasing the video, but it's just to me, it doesn't look as good as I'd like it to look. So I'm just doing it as an audio. Really? Because yeah. you're, you know, in the pantheon of female comedians, you're definitely top 
top 10 percent in the looks department <laughs> wow it's, it, it's okay. you and Artie lang <laughs> no. wow fierce competition yes all right so it's just we can just listen to it you can just listen That's and I, eventually need. maybe i'll i'll do it as a special like i'll do the same jokes okay good where'd but, you record it um i did it at acme in minnesota oh man i wonder if i've been there you've been there yeah, You've definitely been there. been there. Yeah, it's a great club. It's like such a good club. Yeah, it's like the Lee. club out there. Yeah. yeah, and back and back from Israel. Yes, I went actually in June, mm-hmm. and uh, I did um, the uh, stand up for Kobe. It's um, uh, uh, Avi Lieberman's shows. So there were a bunch of us, mm-hmm. and we we performed, and it was it felt so peaceful there. I was actually making fun of people for being like, are you scared to go to Israel? Right. And I was just sort of laughing, like, it's so safe here. It feels so peaceful. And then months later, so it's you jinxed totally different. Them. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you hear a lot that uh, people go, oh, I'm scared to go to Israel. And then people go to Israel, go, no, it's po- totally safe. You should yeah, go. It it's life changing. So it, was, it was one of the most amazing trips I've ever been on. Like, I loved it. How long were you there for? Just a week, but it felt like a month. Mm-hmm. And we saw everything. I went to the Dead Sea. We went to Jaffa, um, all over the place. Did you have a little controversy when you were trying to get out of there? Oh, yeah. So I was questioned for like an hour. I was the most suspicious person at the <laughs> airport, apparently. I think it's because I couldn't pronounce. Um, run. They were like, where have you been? And I was like, run on and on. on. Like, right. run on. <laughs> Red flag right there. <laughs> so they pulled me out. And this really hot girl like questions me. I mean, they were you, there were so many hot women in Israel. Like, I think I'm gay there. <laughs> they were so really attractive. But anyway, so security was really um, sweet. And she kept asking me all these questions. And then um, she she questioned me for an hour. And then at the end, she's like, she was she I asked my friend, why did she ask me so many questions? And my friend was like, well, what did she ask? I said, she asked where I'd been. I said, I went to Jericho. They asked to see my phone. They wanted to see photos of Jericho. They're like, why did you go to Jericho? I was like, the hummus is really good. <laughs> they kept asking me. And then my friend was like, you didn't go to Jericho. Yeah. You went to Jaffa. Yeah. Jericho's in Palestine. And she mispronounced <laughs> hummus. <laughs> <laughs> so that red flag number two. <laughs> hummus is great. The hummus is awesome. The hummus is so good. Um, Wow, so that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. I, listen, I like that they profile over there, and I wish yeah. they'd profile over here. Like, I wish I was suspicious more in more places, you know? Yeah, because you don't emote that. No. It's not something that radiates from you. I trust you completely. <gasps> exactly. Except for this whole ta- Taylor Swift thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I know you don't think that's a real relationship. She's I with have my suspicions about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, right. I don't think. First of all, I don't think he's her type. Mm. She goes for these emo. I will know. say, coming off that last boyfriend with the stringy hair and the bad teeth, playing yeah. in the sort of punky English band, that is not her type. You know, captain of the football team, big man on campus. Right, but yeah, I she's wonder, breaking the pattern. Oh, but tell me, tell me what you think. 
I I don't know. It might be a conspiracy theory, but I just think it's publicity. It just happens to be right around the time of football season. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly he's in all these commercials for Pfizer and all these other things. And I'm like, this is a little bit strange, the timing. Mm. Publicity for him or for her? For for for, football. For football and Pfizer. (laughs) But now, how, how can you sway her with money, considering what she just came off of? You don't think you can sway anyone with money? I I do, but look, I can get somebody killed for thirty five hundred dollars, like in in certain parts of this country with certain people. A pretty good deal. I swear to God. <laughs> and by the way, I I got more than one person on that list. But the point is, is Great. It, you go you go okay. So, but when you have vast amounts of wealth, it's harder. To sway people, but I don't think it. she's going necessarily for wealth. I think mm-hmm. she's going for publicity. Mm. Like she wants to be, she wants to stay at the top. Mm-hmm. And she just had a film come out, and it's football season, so it it really, I don't know. I think it keeps her at the top if she gets more publicity. And who masterminded this? Like who picked up the phone first? Well, I'm sure she has a whole team. Oh, football probably. So the NFL. Yeah, the NFL. They're like, I've got an idea. Nobody's watching football anymore. What can we do? Well, I think people watch football. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe but there's not. there's a whole demographic. But the, the, women, they, we, yeah. the women aren't watching football. We mm-hmm. need the women. The women are the ones who buy things from ads, right? Mm-hmm. So we need women to watch football so that they'll watch the ads and they'll right. buy more stuff. Right. And it's more business for everybody. So do you think with um, Taylor Swift, the fact that she, you know, the last guy she dated was this mangy kind of guy. Yeah. Now I have a theory, and and yeah, you're, they're opposites. Look you're, at them. You're an attractive blonde, so you can do this. <laughs> and I've met a few of these ladies in my day. Yeah. Some women, and and now men don't really do this. Men date the hottest we can date that will date us back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If if a guy could be a three, he's shooting for a ten. So is it all physical, or is it do do men go for intellect at all? What'd you say, sweetie? Into what? (laughs) I'm sorry. I was looking at Taylor Swift. Were you talking, sweet sweetheart? Guess that answers my question. I'm talking. Can I finish talking? No, no. There's some of that, but it's 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 secondary. Right. And it really only can ruin it. It can't help it that much. Right. You so know if, what a, I mean? if a woman is hot but doesn't talk, is that like, is Ooh. that ideal? Can you leave the room for a second? <laughs> no, she can talk. Like, I can say, what's for dinner? And she can say pot <laughs> roast. She can cook it for you. And I'd say, like, can, when I'm out of town, can you get my car washed? And she could nod her head. Yeah, they're allowed to talk. It's just not about everything. Right. You know what I mean? They're like, keep it to Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> but now, so here's my theory. Okay. Because yeah. I've 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 had this in my life. Right. There are women, sometimes tall blonde women, who date shorter people that are less attractive than them because there's always gonna be that power discrepancy and you can the hot blonde can date leonardo dicaprio but she will get dumped at some point you get the nebishy guy he's not going anywhere ever 
You never have to worry. Like you're, you can literally almost eliminate him cheating on you, him leaving you. I don't know if that's true because I think sometimes those guys are the biggest players. Mm. You know, because how did they get the hot blonde to begin with? Yeah, they were good at you know playing the field. Yes, yes, it's a it's a possibility, but at least at the beginning when you're dating that far out of your bracket, like when yeah. you're this this guy, the mangy guy in the Brit band, right? Yeah, and she says, "I want Thai food tonight," and he goes, "I'm in the mood for Mexican." Where are they going? Thai. That's right. <laughs> and she wants to see the the five hour movie where the Indians are getting fucked up, and uh, he wants to go see, uh, you know, he wants to go see uh, Fast Fast X or something. We're, we're going with her. Like, I she's feel in like charge. That guy on the right, it looks like a real player to me. Well, well, he got her. Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like he's the one who's like juggling multiple <laughs> women. But so. You're an attractive blonde. Do you, would you go with a guy? Like, would you want to go with a, you know, would you want to date Tom Brady because he's Tom Brady? But if you date Tom Brady, Tom Brady has a lot of options and you may just be one of them. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I also, I have a weird thing where I don't like when guys are hot and know they're hot. Mm -hmm. Like if they're hot. That's the thing about me. I don't know it. That's way better. (laughs) Totally. I tell people that all the time. (laughs) Like I have no idea. Zero. I don't like a guy who values their looks. I think that's unattractive. Mm -hmm. I like a guy who values other things. So if he leads with his looks, I'm like not turned mm-hmm. on by that. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so they're not really dating. I don't think so. I mean, look at him. But they, let haven't, me, they haven't publicly kissed, right? Let right. me give you. Let me give you a little rom com. They held hands. Let me give you a rom com story angle. Okay. Which could be it. Yeah. NFL puts him up to it. Puts her up to it. Pfizer's pays it, paying. You know, big pharma, deep pockets. Yeah. Blah blah blah. But obviously, they have to spend time together to be photographed, right. to be seen at the games, and so on and so forth. Love then blossoms. That's their meet the cute. The ruse. The ruse <laughs> That's turns a into good love. Rom com. Yeah. Has that been done? It feels like maybe it's been done. They would always do the story of like, oh, my sister's coming into town. I'm going to pay you $100 to take her out Mm -hmm. because she got dumped and she feels real bad about herself. But at some point, love is found. But at some point, the girl finds out that he was put up to it. Yep. And never hears him out. She she gets up and leaves when he's talking. She finds out in the middle of Act 3 that somebody paid her $100 to take her out. And she's disgusted by it, even though love is clearly found. She's all that. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So you think they are in love now, but it didn't start. I'm going to agree with you and me. I say they're put together (laughs) by corporate America. (laughs) But now that they got to spend some time together, love has been found. But but have they even spent time together? Because to me, it looks like they're only spending time in public situations. They were out, according to TMZ, they were out at dinner, you know. Before SNL, they went Where they rented the whole restaurant and had dinner alone at Nobu or something. Yeah, that's the one. Do you guys believe they go to Nobu? (laughs) No, they're more of an Arby's type couple. (laughs) Nobu's a little rich for her, bro. You're right. I see more Denny's. Or, or maybe a Colony Kitchen, if people know that That franchise. would have been hotter if they were like, we rented out an IHOP. Then I'd be like, it's true, uh, it's yeah. true love. If you rent out a Norm's, that's <laughs> yeah, going to last forever. Good. They're not going for the food. So you think a little conspiracy theory here. A little bit. It's too much in the public eye. When things are too much in the public eye, I just don't really trust it. Yeah, like it. this whole 
Ukrainian war. I mean, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you know, that ain't going down. <laughs> Israel, Ukraine, there's too much. And she's not saying anything about it. It's all Travis doing like his podcast. He's yeah. being really cheeky. Yeah, he doesn't ever say, yeah, we went on this amazing date. He's just like, well, I can't really say. They left the stadium in his convertible. Yeah, but... It could have just dumped her off around the corner. Well, they went out to dinner after, but that's all they ever do. They don't like... I guess they were like, oh, we saw him leaving her apartment once. Oh, you want that. Yeah, I want more of that. Mm. There was yeah. one of that. There was one of that, but it was kind of in the middle of the day or something. You want the wee hour, early morning walk of shame, like holding your shoes and walking? <laughs> I want a kiss on the lips. Okay. There has not been a kiss on the lips. Right. It's been a kiss on the cheek, hand holding, mm. you know, canoodling. She spent more time with his mother mm. than with him. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but, you know, time with mom. God, what a mom. I know. She seems cool. The mom seems cool. Yeah, I don't know where the dad is. Is the dad around? The dad met Taylor, too. Yep. Oh, but he never seems to be up in the skybox I jumping saw, up and down. Yeah, I saw him. It was like an away game, and she went to their house or something. To They're watch divorced. It. So Taylor's parents are divorced, and his parents are divorced, I think. Mm-hmm. But I'll then they still that. all go to their concert and games. Mm. All right. Yeah. All right. So uh, it's conspiracy <laughs> kind of theory. On this, too. <laughs> yeah, it's she, too much. She presents a good point. Just too much. I don't, uh, I always root for. Nah, I don't love. really root you, for people. You, you root for love. <laughs> I'm old fashioned. I, when I go to a movie, I like to be swept away. You yeah, I mean? well, that's why this story is going, because everybody wants that. Everybody wants the real American love story. Yeah. But it just, I don't know. It just yeah. seems too good to be true. It's like the cheerleader and the captain, you know, dating and going to prom, and everyone's like, oh, look, it's like so perfect. Yeah, but once in a while we achieve perfection, do you know? Yeah, once in a while. I just don't think this is it. And maybe it's just a distraction because of all the craziness in the world. Yeah, that too. Everybody wants to. Be- it, the only things I see on TikTok are war and Taylor Swift. Is yeah, there, that's it. Mm-hmm. Those are the two algorithms. I don't even click on them, and that's what I'm yeah. seeing. Well, they know what you want. Yeah. They, <laughs> is there a couple that we just think that is true love? That is what we should all strive for. Yes, I. Yeah. I, th- I think. I um, wait, what? Well, Tom I, Hanks. Oh, you oh, think so? And Rita Wilson. They did get COVID at the same time. That yeah, was I think <laughs> I think that's I think that's the benchmark. I think. Oh, oh no, what about, no. Um, what about no. Kevin Bacon? Kevin Bacon's oh, right God. up there. They, no, they do too many dancing videos. <laughs> no, I got the couple. Okay, I got cool. the couple. Um, Wahlberg and Jenny McCarthy. Um, I didn't even know they were together. They, well, they. Donnie. Donnie. Oh, Donnie. Wahlberg. Oh, that's right. And Jenny McCarthy. You want to know why? <laughs> why? This is crazy. You were watching TMZ last night? Yes, Chris? I was. Uh, Donnie Wahlberg from uh, CSI, New York, or whatever. That's a problem. These guys go to these shows. They last 17 seasons, but you don't watch them, so you don't know they're on TV right, or like, what they're doing. But they're, He's a real-life Johnny drama. Yeah, but they get... They get ratings and they just never end. Really? Like, yeah, I mean, I think the key. Would they have a reality show together now? I don't think so, <laughs> but I don't know. But they're very, de- they're very much in love. Uh huh. And they're s- so much in love that 
when he's abroad or anywhere, because he's working, he's out of town, she's in L.A., he's in New York, you know, Mm -hmm. they go to bed every night with the phone on FaceTime. And they just leave it. And just put the pillow... Put it at the pillow next to it, huh? That's sweet. That's love, right? Yeah, that's love. Yeah. I buy that. I buy that. Yeah. What about Blake Lively and... Um, oh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. I I think they might, but it seems too much. Really? Like, like who could achieve that level I of intimacy? I just think they're an equal match. They're an actual equal match. Well, aesthetically, yeah. they're on par. But he seems confident like he doesn't seem insecure or have all that celebrity dysfunction in his ego Mm -hmm. like i think he seems put together uh well i don't know him well but i know him a little bit yeah he's a very nice guy very nice that's what he he seems like they don't seem scandalous no No. they seem very wholesome to me and i buy it like i look at how like their body language looks like they really love each other yeah that's, oh, going going that's back to, to shoot for. Donnie yeah. Wahlberg, too. He renews his vows every year. Oh, once year. a year. Yeah. Once a year, they renew mm-hmm. their vows. Look at those kids. They're so cute. Now, how do you renew a vow? Do you have to go to the DMV? Or is that, <laughs> yeah. is that, you just say it again. Is You're like, oh, here we involved? go. Because there's a permit involved. <laughs> I'm out. Oh, speaking of that, uh, Bill Maher did his new rules. And um, listen, Bill Maher... Whatever Jags he goes on, he goes on 10 to 25 years after I went on the initial Jag. And then everyone looks at him and goes, look at that original oh, Jag. Man. Um, now, what I've also said about anyone, especially who lives in California, is I go, oh, you, it's easy to live in your rent-controlled apartment in Santa Monica and be so progressive and so left-leaning. Yeah. Start a business, try to pull a permit, deal with the government, try to put a second story on your single family dwelling in Sherman Oaks, deal with the city, deal with permits, deal with plan check, and then get back to me on government and how big you want it. Right. And I said that my entire time I had a microphone in front of my face because I went from being a contractor to being a syndicated radio show personality. Right. So I took all the permit pulling that I had to do when I was a contractor and dealing with the city and I just brought it right onto the microphone. And the second I got a radio job, I bought my first house. Oh, total wow. Rima, total 1923, almost a teardown. Went to full yeah. and just got reamed by all the permits and the inspectors oh. and the, the process. So I've been yelling about this since 1996. <laughs> yeah. Now, Bill Maher started yelling about it in 2008. 18 or 19 when he tried to get he tried to get solar in his house and had to deal with the city and the permitting and Mm -hmm. all that and now he's fed up but this is all 25 years old if you ask me all right should we play the (laughs) the clip uh, his new rules but there is a deep state which is the bureaucratic class that justifies its, its existence by making up new rules and that's my job It's the vast network of regulators, administrators, inspectors, contract reviewers, project managers, fee accessors, special commissioners, zoning officers, and consultants whose jobs 
seem to be to make sure nothing ever happens and then charge you for it. (laughs) The people who answer the phone, permit office, how may I hinder you? Fifteen percent of workers in America work for the government. That's 24 million people with one shared vision to find you if your mailbox is too big. (laughs) They say a conservative is a a liberal who just got mugged, but it could also be a liberal who just got cock-blocked trying to remodel a porch. (laughs) Exactly what I said 25 years ago. Exactly what I said. Or got a parking ticket because their car was facing out instead of in. Last year, Wyoming began construction on the largest wind farm farm in North America that will power two million homes in Arizona, Nevada, and California. And to think, it only took 18 years. Not to build it, to approve it. 18 backlogged, knuckle-dragging, pencil-pushing, thumb-twaddling, ball-scratching years. To finally get to yes. When they started doing the paperwork, Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriend wasn't even born. Yeah. And then the, the bathroom. They and did the San Francisco, San Francisco toilet. Not even bathrooms. It's insidious. It's insidious. And it's stifling. And yeah. by the way, when we go, oh, we need low-cost housing for the homeless populace. We can't have low-cost housing in California because it's so zoned up and mobbed up that we can't build the stuff for under 800000 bucks a unit. And the units are like 600 square feet because all those fees are going into a bureaucracy that yeah. keeps growing. And I don't get it. You should want it shrunk down, not enlarged. Yeah, and everybody is just on the phone now and nobody answers any phones. Yes. So they you go into an office and they sit and you, you say can you help me and they say you have to call this number. Well, why are you working? Yes. Like if I go to the bank and I try to do something, they say you have to call this number. Yes. Well, what do they do there? That's a good question. <laughs> why is anyone working at an office if you they just tell you to There's make a phone call? You, yeah. yeah. Oh, the worst. I was just talking to Mike August about this is when you like stand in line and you're waiting at the counter and you finally pull up and you start asking for something and the phone rings and the person picks it up and goes, oh, yeah, I don't know if we have that in stock. Let me check on that. And they start walking to the, the back, oh, like looking for a part. that like, person get in the front that of this person's line? on a beanbag chair in their <laughs> underpants? I got in a car and I fucking drove here and I looked for parking and I paid for parking. Then I came here and I stood in line and with one ring of the phone, just picked it up. Now you're muling his, his parts around or you're at you're yeah. doing his bidding. He didn't come down here. So true. Yeah, I hate I hate all lines. Don't even pick up the fucking phone (laughs) or pick it up and go, I'm sorry. There are people who had the dignity and the guts and the candor to come down here and look me in the eye and ask for what they want and not sit home in their mom's house in their fucking sweatpants with no shirt on and call me to do your bidding. So you're going to have to wait, sir. Yeah, that, that seems fair. Right. Yeah. I want to bring back human human interaction. Well, let's not overdo it. We don't want to. Can I tell you, when it comes to the permit, I haven't told this permit story in a a million years, but um, I was so on to this sort of big government permit bureaucracy so early, and it it bothered the shit on me, but no one 
cared, you know, because everyone yeah. lived in an apartment. They're like, who cares? Right. That's your problem. Um, I bought my first house, 1923, Hollywood Land, back when the sign read Hollywood Land, a first house built in Hollywood. No, sorry, third house built in Hollywood Land. Um, old French Normandy, mm. very steep roof. And when I got it in 1996 or seven, coming undone. Hadn't been touched in, you know, 75 years. And it was a just a almost almost a teardown. And I got into it. And it's, at some point, I started without a permit. Mm-hmm. And when you start without a permit, at some point, they'll catch on to you. And they just walk into the house and they go, everyone go home. You Whoa. put that hammer down, you and you go, this is my house. And I go, don't care. Put the thrill down. Go over there. Do you everyone get else go home. or they just send people home? They send everyone home. You got to go pull a permit and maybe they ding you, at least back then, a little bit for starting without them. Now they probably ding you harder. But um, I went down to pull the permit. I, w- I went down to Van Nuys and I was pulling the permit and they were showing me, they were explaining to me that my lot had a historical designation mark on it it was a historical <laughs> landmark right uh-huh. and so i had to investigate this because if it's a historical landmark then you don't get to choose what your kitchen looks like and you don't get to choose what colors you know it has to be all vetted yeah. you know and what i found out is the historical landmark was what's called a Mulholland wall, which is a big granite block wall that went around the house. So if you drive through the hills around Lake Hollywood, Hollywood land, Mulholland, you'll see these big sort of granite block, uh, not block, but boulder walls went all the way around the house. So it was the wall. So I found that out. And then the next time I went down, I had to go get some sort of permit or something. I went down to Van Nuys again. And I said, uh, I got to pull this permit. And they said, uh oh, we got a historical landmark designation on your property. And I said, Yeah, well, that's not for the house. I'm pulling a permit for like wiring the house. That's on the wall that goes around the house. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not touching that. And they said, Yeah, well, we're going to have to verify that. Oh and I said, Well, how do we verify that? And then they said, The historical landmark commission is in downtown LA on the ninth floor. <laughs> And we're in Van Nuys, oh. and there's no fast way to get from Van Nuys to downtown LA, you know, three in the afternoon, and then find parking, go up to the ninth floor. So I said, well, if you call them, they will gladly verify what I just said. The house yeah. is not a historical landmark. That's what I'm working on. It's the wall that's out front, and I'm not touching that. And they said, I can't do that. And I said, just pick up the phone and call them. And they said, now nah, you got to go down there yourself. Oh, my God. So I got my car, sat in traffic, found parking, went down there, went up to the ninth floor, pulled the bakery ticket, stood in line for half an hour, pulled up, said, you know, here's my address and plot number. Guy pulls it up on the thing and he goes, yeah, that historical landmark is for the wall, not for the house. I go, <laughs> yeah, I know. And then he paused and he goes, why didn't they call me? Oh and I was my like, God. oh, fuck you guys. You fuckers are so fucking bad at what you do. Does, does this kind of job attract, like, yes. attract a certain kind of person? Yes, and, meter and maids, all of it. Yeah. Morticians. Every job attracts somebody. I'll right. tell you who the assholes are. Yes. Yes, it attracts people. Well, 
first off, it attracts people that can't. All the people that are making the laws attract dumb shits who can't cut it in the private sector. So you're already dealing with a pool of people who would be chewed up and spat out if they entered the private sector and tried to hang up hang up their own shingles. So you're already yeah. dealing with a lower grade of human being. And then the bureaucrats do my saying is this. They're just doing what they would do. Like every year they pass more laws, right? They just it does it doesn't matter what it is. They just keep passing laws. That's what because that's what they do. So I always say if you took beavers and put them on the roof of the Empire State Building, they would start looking for wood to build a dam. And you go, that doesn't make sense. I'd go, but that's what beavers do. Yeah. They just do what they're doing. Like they, videos of this now. They don't subtract laws. They add them every every year. And then the places like California have the most. So the bluer states have the most laws. And then the redder states, they're reluctant. They don't want to do that. And it's the same with COVID. COVID hits, blue states want lockdown, they want everything. Red states try to stay open. So we're just in a blue state, and Bill Maher is living in a blue state and getting fucked up by, by regulation. Is yeah. that why people are moving to Austin? Because they. Yeah, everyone's moving because yeah. they want to. Again, if you want to hang out and live in a rent control apartment, this yeah. is a great place yeah. to do it. If you'd like to build a business or build a home, or something of that nature, then you're fucked if yeah. you live here. All right, we'll take a break. We got, uh, you got to do some tweet explaining. Yeah, can't which, wait. We'll do that <laughs> right after this. All right, simply safe. Well, there's no wrong way to protect your home, but this fall, there's an especially good way to protect your home. That's right. It's a good time with simply safe. Get up to 50% off a brand new simply safe home security system. Best home security system of 2023. That's right. U.S. News and World Report, and that about covers the globe, says Simply Safe is the best. I know because I use it. It's compact, it's ergonomic, it, batteries last up to 10 years. Easy. We all use it here 24 7 professional monitoring under a buck a day. Half the cost of traditional home security. They got a money back guarantee. 60 days risk free. If you want to try it out and you don't love it, you can return your system for a full refund. And for a limited time, save 50% on any new system with the Fast Protect plan. Visit simplysafe.com. That's simplysafe.com slash Adam. Two eyes, simplysafe.com slash Adam. There's no safe like Simply Safe. There's activities I don't want to do as much in my 30s. Like I went to a bar recently with my friend and we lasted like five minutes and we got bored. We're like, you want to go? Yeah, let's, let's go. And as we were walking in our cars, my friend was like, oh my God, Erica, we're getting older. We're not fun anymore. And I was like, no, 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 that's not... What's happening? Okay, it's not that we're not fun anymore. It's that we're getting older and we're getting smarter and we're starting to realize it was never fun. <laughs> we just pretended this whole time. Erica Rhodes is on the Adam Carolla Show. Ladybug is the name of the album. And it's available uh, wherever you find music and comedy, <laughs> right? It's everywhere. Bandcamp, Amazon, iTunes. Um, all right, so your uh, 
tweet-splaining. Yes. So Erica was actually the first person we did tweet-splaining. We introduced mm-hmm. this segment because she is one of the few people on that platform that still puts out opinionated uh, yeah. tweets like Good everyone else you. is so safe they're yeah. you know, they just or they're just trying to promote I something I forget that people even read them you I have, think that's why <laughs> yeah. I just think I'm doing it for myself yeah, so we have, No good yeah. you have to think that way Yeah because if you don't think that way you'll be encumbered That's true you'll censor yourself all the time Think about I think about a conversation like let's just say you were let's just say you and your friend went out to lunch right Yeah and you had a talk and you were talking and let's just say it could be about any group. It could yeah. be gay, could be black, could be Hispanic, yeah. could be Jewish, could be Muslim, whatever. And a member from that group was sitting right behind you at the booth. Right. How much would it change the conversation? Or you're talking about your parents. And yeah, your pro- parents were sitting right behind you. Or a coworker, right. Or anybody. Totally change. Would totally change. Yeah. You'd be, oh, if Taylor Swift was sitting behind you with Kelsey, you'd be like, I totally I believe it. That's the most authentic They're... relationships in Sonny and Cher. That's true love. <laughs> that's true love. And I can verify. <laughs> See? You wouldn't be talking shit. That's true. So if you start picturing who's listening, yeah. you're fucked. That's true. I know, because whenever I run into people and they're like, oh, that was a funny tweet, I'm like shocked anybody yes. read it. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> There's a certain purity. Yeah. Yeah, you're like a babe. Yeah. In the woods. All right. Do All right have so, to... yeah, we have three of them here. It's time to tweet explain. It's not really a game. It's just where we ask you to explain your tweet. Tweet explain. <laughs> All right, so we'll put the first one up here. Does fame make you an asshole, or does being an asshole make you famous? Mm, all right. I, I've, I've seen people go both ways. Yeah. Have you seen um, nice people turn into assholes once they become famous, or are they usually assholes and then there's even more of an asshole? <laughs> well... I used to be a lot nicer, I would yeah. say. I don't consider myself famous, but I'm, You're on, famous. I'm on the clock, you know? So yeah. when people tell me the same thing like three times in a row, I just kind of tell them, let's get, it, let's get going here. Right. You know what I mean? Which makes that me doesn't, a douche. That doesn't make you an asshole. Okay. I think an asshole is how you treat other people. Oh, okay. How you treat people who can't do something for you. Mm. Mm. Well, I don't I don't treat people well. <laughs> <laughs> but did you ever? No, my okay, here's the here's I signed off on this a long time ago. The, okay. My theory is you have to be honest and you have to be decent and you have to be fair. You can't have yeah. a separate set of rules for you and then a separate set of rules of how you expect to be treated. Mm-hmm. As long as you stick with that then nice is just parsley on the side of the plate. You know, that that's yeah. window dressing. You don't have I I would much rather any neighbor I've ever had be decent and fair rather than nice. If you're if you're decent and you're fair, then we'll never have a problem. Right. But I just mean like I, you don't seem like someone who would screw someone over on purpose. No, I yeah. I don't even think about it. Right. So I don't so that's what I think an asshole is, is somebody who screws someone else over on purpose yeah i mean i mean it's sort of like i know every once in a while like i've been working with mike august for you know 15 years or 14 years or something and people go 
well, you guys got a contract? And I go, no, I don't, we don't need a contract. <laughs> he does what he does and I do what I do. And then we yeah. discuss things and then we, we like move on. Right. You know, I, I mean, I, I get that we're living in this horrible litigious world and I've been fucked over many times on the losing end. Yeah. But, um, I've never, no, I've never, I'm not nefarious and, and I don't, yeah. I don't have a plan. Right. My plan is, is I hope you do well. But if you don't, then you can leave. But it's not it's not because of me. Right. So I think maybe fame just enhances whatever you were. Well, there are people and you must know these people. Yeah. I know a few where you go, God, if this person ever became famous, they'd be horrible. Yeah. They're pretty bad now as a civilian. <laughs> yeah. I, wow. Have you ever had that thought? I've never thought that. I have. Th- I've I, have that I won't mention their names, but I've worked with three or four of those people. I was like, oh, this person would be a fucking shit show if they had a little bit of juice. <laughs> yeah. No, I've met people like that. Yeah. And I've met people before they became famous, and I'm like, they're going to be famous because they're already kind of acting like that. Well, the thing about being famous, and, and we have to... We have to separate being an asshole versus sort of being on the clock. You have a lot of people, you have a lot of stuff to manage. You tell somebody to do something once or twice, they screw the pooch. (laughs) And because you're on the clock, then you get short with them. Do you know what I mean? And then they go, why are you being an asshole? But it's, if you have, you know, if you're a general and you're commanding a thousand people in your army you will be an asshole. You'll talk short. You'll point. talk fast. Yeah. And when someone fucks up, you'll you'll let them know. If it's just you and you work at a Starbucks with two other people, you, you tend to not do that. When you sort right. of command a large group, which celebrities oftentimes do. They have a lot yeah. of time. They have but a lot of people. But that's different than like what Lizzo got in trouble for, you know, like roast, yeah. roasting her dancers or whatever. Isn't that yeah. different? Yeah. I, I don't I mean, even that's... know what... I don't even I didn't know what that was really all about. Yeah, I don't actually know really either, but it just seems like another that doesn't seem like an on the clock issue. But shouldn't Lizzo be able to make fun of fat black chicks? I mean, shouldn't she be grandfathered in? You know what I mean? Like where I'd say something and I go, I'm a Jew, so I can say, you know, you know what I mean? I'm not. Yeah, that's but true. But you know what I'm saying? Shit, of all like you couldn't talk shit about fat black backup dancers. You couldn't do it. But Lizzo of all people yeah. Do you think she did it before she was famous, though? Or do you think that she just started doing that once she was famous? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Okay. <laughs> I I was sitting with uh, my son, and we're talking jazz, because he's listening to, like, Miles Davis and stuff, and he's getting into jazz. And then I was asking about uh, Buddy Rich, the drummer, who like, famously cursed out all the guys on the bus. So mm-hmm. there's a recording you know, Casey Kasem has one, Bill O'Reilly. You know, if you've yeah. if you've been around long enough and you get to a certain station in life, there's a recording of you cussing out people yeah. you work with, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, like in the form of Casey Kasem, I have been there a thousand times where I've gone like, look, I don't want to talk about a dog dying and then go right into walking on sunshine by it. I, I don't want to do that, you know, right. and I've told and I've had conversations with people like 28 times and then it happens the 29th time and then you blow up and then they catch it on tape. But right. So Buddy Rich is up there, the drummer, and he's and someone's recording him on his tour bus, like screaming at his band mm-hmm. after the show. Yeah. But I will tell you, if you're 
up on stage and he's sitting behind that drum kit and he's playing a two hour set and he's hearing guys fuck up along the way. Maybe they didn't practice enough. Maybe they're late for rehearsal or whatever. It all kind of builds up, but you can't stand up in the middle of the show and go mm-hmm. chew out somebody. You just sit there and you just eat it. Take it yeah. For like, you put a smile yeah. on your face and you're bopping your head. But you're hearing every individual little fuck up. And I bet half of them are shit they already talked about. Like, I need you to come in yeah. a beat early on this one and then lay back. And the guy doesn't. Yeah. And he's just fucking it. Then you go to the tour bus. Then you blow up. That's right. So there's some of that with But I think celeb. blowing up is different than just being a general asshole. Yeah. You know, like having one blow up is one thing. But when people are like, they're, they treat everybody terribly. Mm-hmm. They're not nice to people. Mm. They're nefarious. You know, all I, that. that's yeah, it's different. Like, it's a that's like a versus, character. Like, yeah. what is their character like? Not like, is there one moment where they lose it on people? I, I haven't. I've Most of the people I know I've seen become famous or remain the same. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're an asshole. Unless they yeah. were an asshole. <laughs> no, even if they were an asshole, then they remain an asshole. But it's less likely that someone turns nice when they become famous. It's yeah. usually like they get worse. Yeah, well, I, you know, you, you get more people around you agreeing with you and not fighting back. Right. And that you, they become enablers. Yeah. That's what happens, you know. So the ego gets a little out of control. Well, what sometimes. about like, what about Jay Moore? Mm. Like, Jay, Jay Moore was an asshole. And <laughs> he, before, that's why I bring him up. Before he was famous? That's a good question. <laughs> I, I'll ask him. We didn't know him before he was famous. No. Um, but he, he was an asshole. Okay. And, 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 and people knew he was an asshole. Well and his reputation was an asshole. And I would, but he's nice now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Talk Super to other nice. comedians yeah. and stuff. And he's go, been nice and, to me. Yeah. He's very nice. Yeah. You know, well, he's not an asshole anymore. Yeah. Now he's nice. Okay. And he says I was an asshole, and now I'm nice. Oh. So he's got so, it. Now, so was happens. he an asshole before he got on <laughs> SNL? And that's the question we're going to have to ask him next time we talk mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. Erica wants to know. I want to yeah. know. I want to know how many people become nice, nicer after getting famous. Because I think it's fewer than, you know. <sighs> I think that's going like some spiritual enlightenment quest journey. i don't yeah. know he was an asshole i mean he came on love line i remember being an asshole oh really yeah now also guys get nicer as we get older and women get crazier so yeah. there's that. <laughs> that's true i can right. validate so, that. <laughs> guys mellow and women become get weaponized nuts. they yeah, get that's fucking true. batshit crazy and so that's an issue but it's sort of men's fault <laughs> yeah we oh. drove you there yeah 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 if not for us Exactly. <laughs> All right. Should we go to All the right, next, next tweet? Okay. Next tweet. I rem- oh, let's, uh, let's go to the one before this one, Byron. I remember when customer service was like, quote, how can we help you? And now it's like. How dare you think I will do anything at all at my job? Who do you even think you are? I'm here because I hate you. <laughs> yeah. I Customer forget where I was really when that happened. Shit. But some people are just not nice anymore when – they like look at you like, how dare you ask me for anything? I notice that there's just a lack of eye contact altogether. Like they'll 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 say, "Have a nice day," or I mean, that's that's a nice thing to say, but the, I don't think they I, need it. I think people. I, I I think I think the bigger problem is this. There used to be a conceit 
And the conceit was your time is your time. But when you're at work, your time is no mm. longer your fucking time, you little shit-faced brat <laughs> who's 24. You're on the customer's time now. It's no longer yeah. your time. And so things got blurry mm-hmm. because traditionally it's like you would literally punch in. I mean, that a time clock. Like, you know, when I worked at McDonald's when I was 16, pop, you punch that clock, yeah. you stand in that polyester brown ghee, and you're on McDonald's time. There's no, oh, I'm answering some texts on my phone or I'm going to sit down over here. Or I got some personal issues I have to deal with. You're on the customer's time and McDonald's time now. And then when you punch out and you go home, now you're on your time. Mm-hmm. But it's all fucking blurry now. Yeah. Everyone's time is everyone's time. And no one's really officially like on the clock. You know what right. I mean? And they're always half on their phone anyway, like R- under the table. Or- right. So then you come up to them and they're in the middle of like texting their girlfriend. And yeah. now you're annoying them because it's yeah. like, hey, man, I'm talking to my girlfriend. Yeah, but you're not on your time. Right. We need to clearly divide the time. It'd be like w- we used to be a highway and the highway yeah. had. Two lanes going north and two lanes going south, and you knew which lane you were on. Now it's like, oh, the lanes are kind of commingling, and some people are going this direction, and others are going that direction. Nobody really knows they're on the clock, and right. I also blame the lack of uniforms. Oh, you really? had a uniform, you had your fucking name embroidered up there, and yeah. then you could go, Phil, Phil, you said it would take less than an hour to rotate my tires. Now, Phil... Can I call you, Phil? Phil, it's been over two hours, and you've not even started on my car, Phil. Yeah. Who works at Meineke. <laughs> so you had a you had a label. And by yeah. the way, that was the division. They were, yeah. It was like a prisoner, and you were the guards. They didn't dress them like guards. They were in their outfit. Right. You're the guard. Right. They're the prisoner. That They have the outfit of the person who needs to work for me. Now it's all, we've got T-shirts and board shorts on, and I'm not in any working outfit. Then this is the same thing I'd wear at home if I wasn't working for you. Right. And also, a lot of places have have taken away incentive. You know, like my friend got a huge tip recently. He was bartending, Mm -hmm. and he worked with a celebrity. He waited on a celebrity, and the celebrity gave him, like, a $1,000 tip. That was me. (laughs) (laughs) Spread the word. Yeah. It was actually, um, wait, what's his name? It was a comic. I forget. Kevin. Hart? Kevin Hart. It was Kevin Hart. (laughs) I forgot his last name for a second. We we went. (laughs) I know. It's like Kevin Nealon. Nope. No, it was Kevin. Kevin (laughs) Neely. Nope. Absolutely not. (laughs) It was Kevin Hart. He gave him like a thousand dollar tip because he did a really good job. And then the restaurant made him pool the tip. Oh. Isn't that terrible? And nobody else was helping. Oh, no. And why would he want, like, why would he be in, uh, like, have incentive to try the next time? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Does it bother you? I mean, this could just be me who's aged what it feels like 20 years in the last four years. But <laughs> when I'm I'm at a restaurant and my waiter or waitress has their cell phone just sticking out of their back pocket the whole time. Yeah, I don't like that. So I'm just, yeah, you're on, you're on the clock. Why, why do you have to have your phone on you? What are you doing? Like it, when I when I used to work at, uh, as a waiter, like we had lockers, we'd have to stow everything in there. And yeah, no, we yeah. it should be like a Chappelle concert where they just collect all <laughs> the cell phones the and put them in the bag. I, no, seriously, it, it is. It, it's a device where your employee can waste thirty percent of their day because you would have to. I mean, like yeah. 
when I used to work, like work construction, there was no cell phone. There was no anything. There was no folding chairs. There was, you drank from the hose. Like there was nothing. <laughs> You're just on your feet. There wasn't a yeah. place to, if you want to do sit, like for lunch, you'd have to fashion a seat, like take two cinder blocks and put a two by six across it. Like you would have like man in the wilderness shit. There was nothing. You're just on your feet the whole time. You're just working the whole right. time. The division is kids don't care. Yeah. And they think they're, it's a lot of quality of life. Like they, they have a quality of life. So they're at work. But they only have one foot at work. The other yeah. foot is kind of them doing right. what they want to do. And that's why you don't get these super attentive thing. I think the uniforms and the name tags need to come back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're going old school. All right. And tip, you should keep your tips, I think. Yeah. You, yeah. That's, that's, that's what I think. Because you. you're working for tips. So right. why should they put... That's what they do in Europe. That's why nobody has good service in Europe. Because no they pull all their tips. They pull no, all their tips. Or, yeah, no, they, they don't, don't do get tips. tips. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They don't do any tips. Right. So they so they're snobby waiters there. But yeah. now we have that too. Well that's that's the other thing too, is people don't just do the right thing. They just need yeah. they need the incentive, sadly. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever been at like an Asian restaurant? Not PF Chang's Adam, but like like a real Chinese restaurant with um because there you don't even have a waiter. Like the whole staff just is your is your waiter? Are they and, good? Yeah, they're great. And oh, it just works as a team. I always love when Jimmy and I went to that place in San Francisco. It's like everyone's like, you got to go to this hole in the wall place. I don't know what it was, but you have to eat there. And then the eighty year old Asian woman comes up and she goes, "You eat here before?" And we go, "Nope, never eaten here." I bring you food, and she just slept. <laughs> you know, and and Jimmy was like, "Me and Jimmy are like, I, I don't like care." This. But now, but it was like half the shit I wanted, and the other half was like squid squid ink oh. on, on egg rolls or something. And I was like, I don't okay. want that. A year later, we went back and she comes out, same woman. She goes, you eat here before? And I go, uh, yes. yeah, yeah, we have. I got, I got thoughts. And, she, and then she goes, I order for you. And she just went back in the kitchen again. She did again. the same thing. She did the exact same fucking <laughs> yeah, thing again. It doesn't even matter. All right. I got some uh, Halloween stuff to, sure. to get into. So there's a... Viral video. I don't know why it's going viral, but it. Went. Oh, it, I, well, it's going viral because it's you know it's it's a video that kind of explains what we all expected to happen, but it still happened anyway. Um, so there's this there's this video. There's this guy. He's out in East Texas. He's actually the guitarist of this really great Southern rock band, Whiskey Myers, and he put his candy out uh, outside of his door because he went to go watch the uh, World Series. Mm-hmm. So, but these he put out a bowl of full-size candy bars, like mm. big Starburst, mm-hmm. Butterfingers. Yeah. And the thing about doing that today is everyone has a Ring doorbell camera or yes. you know. So, um so this is what happened. We'll just play it for you. Family comes up. Family comes up. And they are just oh loading God. up. Horrible message to send to your kids. They're not even dressed up. They're not. Yeah, no. they don't even have costumes on. The kids have costumes. The, the other, but yeah, the adults have bags. They too, barely have costumes, and they are just cleaning. They out. might just be starving. Cleaning out this bowl, and I guess they're immigrants, migrants, whatever. Oh my god, that's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, this, okay. So there's a few things. First off. Um, 
what did you expect? You're putting out full-size candy bars but outside of your house? People used to do that all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah but, expecting dignity yeah. and decency and courtesy <laughs> well, and the golden what rule. What do you expect? I mean... No, I know, but it's sad that we've come to that it place. It's sad. And I've, I've said this for as long as I've been talking about pulling permits on the radio. <laughs> I, and I saw it in my neighborhood on Halloween. I live in a really nice neighborhood, and most of the people get shipped in. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can tell when just driving by at night, it's the size of the people. Oh, my neighborhood has no heavy set people in it. Wow. Just none, none. It's it's just because they're wealthy. Yeah, they're wealthy. They walk. They have good diets. They like yeah. and they look after themselves and and yeah. all that kind of stuff. There is just nothing. And when I'm just dry, I was driving out to do a set last night and I passed like a couple of families and the women were big and like mm. young and big. And I was like, they don't live in this, in this neighborhood. So mm. they come wow. in. Wow. They come for the rich candy. Yes. But, <laughs> uh, last weekend I was in, uh, I don't know, Tacoma or something. <laughs> can't remember where I was, but I literally just did a, a bit on, on this uh-huh. Before this thing went uh, viral, I think we have it somewhere. Or Spokane, sorry. What did you say? If you have a society where, remember when you were a kid, it still goes on now, where Halloween, there'd be one family on the block that was out of town or out for the evening, and they would leave the plastic pumpkin with the candy, right? And they would have a little sign that said, please limit yourself to one piece of candy, please. In Strudeldorf, they can pull that off. If, 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 if ten kids come up, nine of them take one piece of candy before the tenth empties the fucking shit into their pillowcase, you can pull off this shit. That ain't the United States. Certainly ain't California. Certainly ain't L.A. L.A. is, first kid comes up, takes the pumpkin, dumps it into his pillowcase. <laughs> Second kid comes up, notices there's no candy in the pumpkin, and takes a shit to the pumpkin. <laughs> Third kid comes up, sees there's a shit in the pumpkin, and throws it through the bay window. <laughs> That's the United States. Yeah. That's yeah. the United States. <laughs> Well, he sort of Sad cut the premise off, but I got it. Right. He didn't even have a sign that said, just take that one. That was weird. Was that weird? I think it was. What? Well, what was the other one then? Didn't we have another one? Yeah. Well, I don't know why he got to the strudel door one, but it's fine. The, the premise was something else than that. But that still covered it. Okay. All right. That was well, the same was... joke as the what happened. No, I, I yeah. know, but the, there's a little a little confusing because I was talking about what you're what we're doing. Like like you can't uh, do clean needle exchanges and you can't have vending machines with oh, okay. condoms and stuff. And we can't have, but I guess that were. I don't, what was the other one we had? Because the other one was this too, right? Oh, oh, it was the kids. It was the kids. Yes, uh, there was a kids being dropped off in the neighborhoods they shouldn't be in. That's oh, okay. that's what it was. This is from this weekend too. Sorry. Halloween's like Monday, Tuesday. I live in a nice neighborhood. 
And, and in LA, we have shit neighborhoods and we have nice neighborhoods, right? And what happens every year is all the kids from the shit neighborhoods <laughs> drop off to the nice neighborhoods. So those fat fucks can eat our Reese's pieces. You should be forced to see your own neighborhood. <laughs> if you live in a shit neighborhood, you should have to walk across someone's dirt lawn, step over a sofa and a dead cat, <laughs> some jokey in the back room, answer the door, and give you one raisin, and then motivate you to get your fucking neighborhood. <laughs> like the gerrymandering going on with all the poor kids. <laughs> and speaking of that, I do want to say this, too. Like, we have all these horrible progressive ideas you guys have here. Ah, oh, this is set up. California. We're, we're the tip of the spear, and then maybe it's Oregon, and then maybe you guys come in. Horrible, horrible In the United States, we do this thing where we take these little European nations and we go, oh, in Strudeldorf, they have a needle exchange program. It works out perfectly. It's totally legal, and then they give all the junkies syringes, and they have, they have safe zones so they can inject themselves, and then it works out. We should try and try and see. Well, that's just the setup well, for funny. the test. Really, the bit is yeah. more like if you live in a society where they leave the pumpkin alone and leave all the candy in it and just take one. Yeah. Then you can do these. You can do these programs. Right. But we're not that society. We don't, we don't no, have that here. We're too greedy. And right. And we have that lack feeling and we don't have a sense of community. You know, we don't really have, like, we take care of our people. And we, like, beat everyone over the head with, like, oh, the man has all the money, never pays taxes. And yeah. it's like, why shouldn't you just jump the turnstile at the subway if the man has all the money and you're being held down and oppressed? You know, why? Right. Why wouldn't you just do anything you want at any time if you, in fact, are being held down by Bill Gates or Elon Musk or whoever's got the money? Right. You know what I mean? And so... Part of it is, and also we've decided to stop enforcing laws. So, like, part of it is that, but the other part is more of an emotional thing where yeah. we just went like, "Hey, man, you're a victim, so you should be able to do whatever you want." Right. Like the people that steal the bucket of candy in the viral video probably went, "Hey, we're poor. We deserve this shit." Yeah. And this guy's got a big house, so it's right. not going to hurt him. But it's really, it's a horrible message for your kids. It's sad that Terrible. your kids. Are there like if I, if I if if I was a parent, I had a shred of dignity. I'd be like, I'd be like, I'm gonna go up there. You guys stay in the car, yeah. And then I just steal the entire bucket of, of chocolate. <laughs> All well, right, can I make you feel a little bit mm-hmm. better? Yes. So the, in that video, uh, the guy who posted it, he also posted an update. Mm-hmm. His neighbor saw what happened. 
Mm. And uh, and when and uh, you can put it up. Shot the Mexicans. Oh <laughs> uh, no, he didn't go oh, that far. He just oh, he, he filled on, up. Chris, the, don't build me up. I'm sorry. Well, he just he, he dumped some candy in the uh, oh okay into the, into the bowl too. So I we might, we might not have it. Sorry. All right, but yeah. We so someone we refilled it. it and then did another family come and take all that candy? I'm sure. Probably. There are still and, good and people these are, out there. These aren't king size bars either. So but there he is. There's his neighbor Scott. Oh, that's Aww. a good neighbor. Back That's in a good that neighbor. is a good neighbor. Aw. Yeah. Makes you feel better, right? Yeah. yeah. And I saw another one where a kid noticed that the bowl was empty and took out his candy from his bag and put it in. Not this one, though, not, but another one. No, That's yeah, just, a, those are good. And by the way, okay, listen. The kids that grab all the candy will have much less 20 years from now than the kid that put the piece of candy back. That's what no one understands. You think, yeah. oh, well, the kids who stole the candy 20 years from now are going to have all the candy. No, no they're not. They're going to be fat yeah. and angry and, and miserable. And have diabetes. And have diabetes. There you go. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and do some news right after this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's the time of the year where things can be tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're seeing all the... Family members, some have made it, some have passed on, bringing back uh, a lot of memories, some good, not all. So it's a lot of stress out there. And uh, therapy can help you make you feel better, more grounded, give you the tools to manage everything that's going on. You get your head right and the rest will follow. I've always been a big fan of therapy and better helps a much better way to go than traditional because... Uh, you can do it from the privacy and safety and convenience of your own home. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, convenient, and it's flexible. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. It's BetterHelp, right, Dawson? Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Corolla today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Corolla. Dive into true crime on Pluto TV. Unravel the mysteries with forensic files and 48 hours. Investigate crimes with Dateline 24-7 and unsolved mysteries. With thousands of free crime movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is the true home of crime. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming true crime on live channels and on demand. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. In the spirit of Murrow, Jennings, Cronkite, here's another great moment in local news. A nursing home employee is now unemployed following an abuse investigation in Darlington County. I don't know how to feel about this situation. I feel tremendous. Y'all, they, they fired me because what I did to her, but they didn't kick her out for what she did to me. And the excuse was she got Alzheimer's. She got Dementia. I don't care about none of that. I got BPD. I got bipolar disorder. Did y'all care about that when she was, I, I told them so many times she's put, ma'am, I'm talking. You're going to be next. She put her hands on me. She put her hands on me. Oh, I got to deal with it and respect my elders and take care of the elderly because I'm working here. I don't care about them. That's a great Great moment moment in local news. Now, back to the Adam Carolla Show. Elocution, my 
young lady. Yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson's going to join us after this, but first we'll do some yeah. news. Well, actually, before uh, during the break, Erica asked if we got any trick-or-treaters, if we handed out candy. What do you think of this? Because this happened a few times to me last night, hmm. uh, because I love giving out candy to these kids. It's, it's, yeah. I, know, I find it nice uh, you know, meeting the neighbors and seeing the costumes. Mm-hmm. But a few groups of kids, they would just stop at the sidewalk. They wouldn't walk up towards the house. They would just yell trick-or-treat and see if there's any motion. And if there's oh, no my motion, they just keep can't walking. even go up to the door? They wouldn't door? even come up to the door. They would just yell. And now it's just, just kids screaming from, like, the oh. street. Oh, that's, that's why you terrible. need a wrist rocket and a fun-sized Snickers bar. <laughs> just pop right between the eyes, you little yeah. brat. But very, yeah, I wonder if that's why they had a lot less trick-or-treaters this year, too. But, uh, yeah, bum me out. Um, all right, so a lot going on in the basketball world right now. Um, first off, just uh, just because I thought this was cool, Victor Wembenyama, who was uh, who remember pushed Britney Spears to the ground, yeah, and knocked her out. That would never happen, right? Um, yeah, he showed up to the game in a Slender Man costume, and I thought mm-hmm. that if, if anybody, he's the guy to pull this up. You can play it, Byron. So he's seven four. That's cool. And f- yeah, he's the first. Uh, remember, he's the first overall pick for the Spurs. Yeah, it looks and, good. Wow, yeah, looks he really pull- good. He pulls it off. He so. looks like Mick mm-hmm. Jagger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so there's that. Of course, James Harden is now a Clipper. But the first basketball story I want to talk about it actually takes place in China. Mm. Gavin Newsom, he's on. He's on a trip to China right now. On a trip. Yeah, <laughs> just mm. just a little trip. Working mm-hmm. on some uh, diplomacy out there, but the. Uh, he took a, a detour from his official meetings on climate change to join a group of Beijing school kids for a game of basketball. And this clip went viral. This is what happened. So he's dribbling the ball. Nice spin move behind the back. <laughs> falls, crashed into a kid, grabs him. He's laughing about it. They're laughing it off. Well, he knows he's getting filmed, oh, obviously. Yeah. You know, the thing, I did, you know, here's my thought, my very pragmatic thought. Um, Gavin Newsom is a wildly destructive sociopath. There's something wrong with him. And it's not that it's not limited to just, oh, he's a fucking doofus. He makes policy that is ruining California and killing people because 10 years ago when he sent when you're sitting and I'm trying to tell him about homelessness and I'm telling him these are junkies and these are people that are mentally ill. And he's telling me it's a woman who's a mother of two who works a full time job who just got divorced. Well, then, of course, homelessness would explode under your retarded watch. Yeah. And a lot of people are dying. And it's insane. Like, I just came back from. Oregon, and I was walking around these cities, and there were ho- I saw a lot more homeless people than I saw a year and a half ago when I was playing those clubs. Yeah, and there were all guys, and they're all fucked up on drugs. There yeah. was no woman, family, yeah. mother of two, divorcee, nothing. It didn't no. exist. So his policy is like actively hurting and killing people, and he's ruining California. And so when I see him fall over a six-year-old Chinese kid, I go, well, that's funny, but that could happen to anyone, but not anyone could destroy a state. Right. <laughs> so we should anyone could trip over a small Chinese child. Almost nobody could destroy <laughs> me yesterday, a yeah. state. Right. And but also, why is he in China? He's running like, for president. He's, and oh, he's, he, oh, he's running for president? Well, he's he going a, to. He's as an official. Oh. He actually yeah. has denied any yeah. sort of 
Um, right, answer. but why would anyone but, listen to him or believe him? No. But, yeah, yeah, so he's, his he's, whole thing is... He's making moves. He destroyed San Francisco. He <laughs> destroyed California, and now he wants to destroy the country. That's basically where he's at. Right. right. But uh, that spin move was pretty nice. Yeah. He could play. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, he actually had, he had a little bit of skills there. Um, it was a dress shoes. Uh, speaking of schools, though, Dawson... Is really nervous. He walked into work today. He's really nervous because he's going to perform for some college kids. Yeah, but it's a welding up. school, so it'll be fun. Uh, yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll get all. The they get then. your shit. There's a blue collar dudes. A lot were inmates. You know, a lot are out and furloughed and stuff like that. That's a dude. Those dudes will be into you. No, these are some of the most babied, uh, oh. privileged children. Uh oh, uh oh, it's gonna be rough. Don't let, don't let them hear this podcast before you go out there. They're not yeah. gonna be on your side. They're gonna yeah. want crowd work. That's it. Oh, is that it? Yeah, I think the young kids want just they want it to be about them. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, I am going to let them know that UCSB is the participation trophy of the UC system. All right, that's good. Um, that, that, like that, maybe a little self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be something you can do with a gaucho. Aren't they yeah. gauchos? Well, see, I mean, we used to throw tortillas at our basketball games, but now I believe that's a hate crime. Oh, really? Yeah. And they're the best food to, to yeah. throw because you can just put a little yeah. English on them and zip them all the mm-hmm. way across. At, the, at, at the Thunderdome at our right. basketball games, as soon as our team would score the first point, the entire crowd, and it was the funnest thing in the world, the entire crowd would throw tortillas. tortillas, and then we'd get called for a technical, and then they had to come out and sweep the whole floor. And it was an awesome thing, but it's gauchos were also a fashion statement in the 70s, if people don't <sighs> Never heard remember that. Women, gaucho pants in 1976 were a thing. What is a gaucho pants? I've never heard of gaucho pants. Are they like baggy pants? They were were precursor to shants. Oh, those are back, I think. The gauchos... Were they're pants that come a little below, below your knee? They're like baggy capris. Oh, yeah, they're baggy capris. Maybe those aren't back. Actually. actually, probably, ironically, a different culture brought the gauchos into the the limelight, which was the band, the Bay City Rollers. Mm-hmm. The Bay oh. City Rollers from Scotland all wore gauchos, <laughs> and they're the ones who sung Saturday Night. Uh, S A T U R D E. That's how I learned to spell Saturday, by the way. I... <laughs> Bay City oh, wow, look at them. Like they all wore gauchos. Those, those shoes are those so are gauch- cool. <laughs> yes. Gaucho guys. I th- now, yeah. you, you're not, sh- you got to get the Bay City Roller outfit. The, you're just showing them in like their street clothes. Is it the casual? Bay, <laughs> the Bay City <laughs> Rollers had an outfit, had a, had a Bay City Roller outfit. I have to sing the song They're every time I'm writing weekend, something though. on a calendar. I don't know if this is a tool tune, but you can do worse than this. It's great. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah. the Gauchos. Yeah, Erica actually cool. has a really great bit on pants in her new mm. album. And mm. just how hard it is for women to buy pants because the fashion's always changing. Like right now, I think it's what, like the high waist. Yeah, the waist kept changing and mm. then the shirts kept shrinking. And it was like mom on bottom, teenager on top. Oh, yeah. That's we, the style. That's the Guys, style we just go hues. We go dark blue and then into like a yeah. fadier blue. You, and we go back and you forth. You probably have the same pants like since the 80s that you I, still wear. I never. The only the only <laughs> pant thing with dudes is in the 80s and 90s, there were light. 
jeans, oh, okay. like kind of stonewashy, and now then they move to dark jeans, dark denim. The, which yeah, pretty we, much, got, I'm we're wearing not sweatpants. Wearing jeans. Yeah. You no. can wear dark denim anywhere now. That's right. right. Yeah, a lot. I noticed a lot of fashion too. Like a lot of the younger girls wear like like when they go to prom, like they'll wear a dress but with chucks. Like, oh, I, yeah. I don't like. I don't like that. I don't like it. Yeah, it's, it's it's the I think it's I don't like it. Rodriguez I don't like when guys do it. I don't like when I don't girls really like do sneakers it. that Informal. much. Like sneakers, no. are, I don't like how they look. I saw I saw like a f- six year old guy crossing the street with like some red chucks, like high tops. The other day, I was like, douche, we could never hang out. <laughs> six year old. Oh. <laughs> if I see an old dude with oh, the chucks, six year old, sixty. Sorry, <laughs> sixty. That douchey six year old. I want my Bay City Rollers picture. Where is it? Get on right. it, but the, but the so Chucks are you're Just you hated the van slip-ons, you hated the checkered slip-ons for a long time. Those are cool. They're getting back, getting back. I need an album cover. I need an album cover. Promo That's pick. what I need. A promo pick. Um, I don't like adult males who wear the Chucks, and I don't like adult males who wear van slip-ons with the checkered pattern. Oh Fuck yeah, I all don't. You cool dads. I don't oh, love I get it. That. I'm the cool dad. Yeah. That, you, Chris, you don't know it yet. Well, your God. your kid's not old enough. But once they start up with the sports and the basketball and stuff like that, yeah. you're going to see a lot of like 53 year old guys. But they're like, make no mistake, I am <laughs> the, cool the cool dad, dad of these bleachers. I'm not uptight, brown, suede jacket dad. You cool dad, and the way the cool dad lets you know, ah, there they There's are. A Bay City picture there those are some gaucho pants the way they let Ooh. you know that they're the cool dad is through facial hair mm. and and van slip-ons and tattoos yeah and some tattoos too yeah. when we were in high school at, at high school basketball games and we saw those guys in the bleachers we just call them single dad like yeah a superhero well now they're cool dad <laughs> right. and and also vans and and the Chucks are horrible shoes to like walk around in and hike in. It's just a slab of vulcanized rubber like on the bottom. Like it's, you're much better in a Nike or Dita New Balance or something. Like if you're yeah. covering ground, I like New Balance. That's yeah. a good brand. That means you're getting older. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Like There's the a literally the, yeah. dad shoes. the official shoe for the overweight comedy writer, not you, like the 65-year-old dude in it's, the comedy. It's, it's, is, new is the new balance. I know it's the new. It's, it is a, an official footwear. It's like they, they sponsor. they do have good arch support. That's what they would say. <laughs> There's new balance dad shoes, Byron. You'll see, we'll see what yes. you're talking about. But yeah, you're totally right. I don't like Converse either. They have no arch support. Yeah. yeah, they just they just look they're cool, just but like, flat. and they and yeah. they turn to shit so fast. Like whenever I see yeah. anybody in those checkered vans or chucks, they're all they're either they're brand new or they look like they're three years past when you should have gotten new shoes. Yeah, and then there's the guy who wears the two different colored vans. Really? Oh yeah, that's dumb. Mix and match. That's yeah. dumb. That's dumb. Yeah, <laughs> you know the ultimate douche is the guy who wears one chuck and one van slip on. <laughs> that's just no, bad those, for you. Though. Bad for your posture. Yeah. yeah. So we see you got a picture in your head of what you're looking for, but it never hits the screen. There oh, see, those is. are like, yeah, those are new trust, balance, trusty yeah. New Balance, trusty yeah. New Balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but um, these wouldn't be a deal breaker for you if you saw a guy wearing those. No, I like them. I wear you them. You like older men? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, they got the New Balance. You yeah, well, that's <laughs> and you know the dude's funny. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
let's do another another basketball story. So speaking of the James Harden trade, so Chris Broussard, he's a the Fox Sports One host. Mm-hmm. He was discussing this trade on the show First Things First, and he used a rather unfortunate word to describe mm. James Harden, and then he apologizes for it. He'll cut to the apology, which happened about 30 seconds later, but here's the clip. Like he did I, think he, I think he's not going to get to play the way he wants and he's going to move, but it's not going to work well. Nick, what? James, I is the I, man I, retarded? I mean, developmentally disabled to think that he is going to go so, to the uh, number one. Let me apologize for using that word. Oh. I, I have a, a my first cousin, I, we just put him to. He died a few months ago, a month or two oh. ago. He oh, was no. developmentally disabled, so I didn't. I, think, I didn't mean to use that course. word. Of oh. course, I don't. I, I apologize I think, to the audience and everything. Oh, that's yeah. that's very kind of you. I, I don't think anyone would kill you for it. Um, oh, they're gonna kill you for it. I don't know. He I, had I, to apologize right away. <laughs> yeah. And in tell a sob story. Yeah. You gotta be grandfathered in with certain terms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You grow up. You grow up. If you're of a certain age, you use the word retarded. Like you could picture young Mark Wahlberg. Like yeah. saying that in his Bostonian accent, accent like seven hundred thousand times before his eleventh birthday. Right, right. You get, <laughs> you should get grandfathered in. Well, yeah. look, NAACP. It's the National Academy, of whatever of advancement of colored, colored people, people, right? Yeah. And you go, you can't say colored people, and you go, yeah. well, they can, right? Because they're grand, the grand. They didn't switch it to people of color. They they kept it. Right. Here, they one. say colored people. So that's what it stands for. And then you go, well, it's 100 years old, and that's when they start. I say the same thing with retarded. If you're over 47 and a half, you can say it. Here's one joke I won't be telling at UCSB tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm getting old, and I've done enough damage to my body that I am convinced when I do finally have children, they're going to be retarded. And I don't mean that in an insulting way. I mean, fucking retarded. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't that, do that, that one's that not going to right. sing. Yeah, it's, it's, yep. uh, all right. Uh, last, our last basketball story is um, we talked about this at the live show with Adam Ray and, uh, and Brad Williams. And it was uh, about Michael Jordan's son and who he is engaged to, which yeah. is Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. Right. Wow. Right. So... Yeah, it's just already a controversial relationship. But uh, he, uh, Michael Jordan says being interviewed about um, the engagement and the wedding, what he hopes for this wedding, and we'll just play the clip for here. Do you want your dad to give a toast at your wedding? How does this work? Yeah, you know, look, I was the best man at his wedding, and so and the best man at my brother's wedding, and so obviously we'll keep that tradition going. Is my my thoughts on it? Michael, wow. will Michael Jordan be the best man at? At this wedding? No. No. I don't think he wants Wait, is that. that his son? That's Michael Jordan's son, yeah. And that's the girl? And that... that's Larsa, yeah. Who's Scotty, Scotty Pippen's ex. So Scott, you know, you, I don't know They how. get along when they play together. Oh, yeah. okay. Good okay. Um, all right. So would you want your dad to be Michael Jordan? Because you would always no. be in a shadow and you never surpass him so you don't want that right no. that's too much yeah but you don't want jim carolla my dad where you pass him in the eighth grade right you want <laughs> right something you in the want middle something to shoot for but still yeah. enough success to have like a fully insured automobile and stuff like that yeah, yeah. I, my my dad was in the right spot where was your dad where was he yeah well he was a well, he started as a clarinetist and then he got ms so he had to switch to accounting and he became a cpa Wow. And he worked at Ernst & Young, and he made, like, all the way to the top of the firm. Oh. 
so you haven't caught him yet. <laughs> Not really. And he was really funny. Oh, but he, so but you're he nowhere near. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe you're gaining on him now. <laughs> so just a few short years before you. Oh. Still alive, so. All right. Well, there, that's something. There you go. Not everyone can say that. <laughs> that's something. So, uh, wow, he was a clarinetist, and then yeah. he got MS, and he couldn't do the fingering and the yeah, stuff? Yeah, his, his pinky started going on him, so. Wow. Yeah. But it ended up being a good thing, because he wasn't really getting a lot of work as a clarinetist. Mm. My mom is a violinist, so she got more work. Oh, wow. And uh, he was just mostly teaching. And then, so he switched and went back to school and became a CPA. And Does he have thoughts on Woody spent. Allen? Like, that guy's a fucking rank amateur. Don't give me, he can't play clarinet for shit. Oh, he, he yeah, shit he, about liked, Woody Allen? he liked Woody Allen. Oh, he liked him? Yeah, he did like him. They were reading his biography close to when he died. Oh, so My he was parents. a fan. Yeah, he was a but fan. But then went on to accounting. Yeah. We don't really need your pinky so much (laughs) unless you're counting on your hands Just your brain yeah Yeah. and and then went on to be very successful yeah he did really well and he worked really hard oh that's good yeah all right so something to shoot for yeah but lebron too much i mean not lebron jordan Jordan, too much you'll never get out of that shadow no unless i mean that's why people become rappers Mm, yeah like like, um what was it tom hank's son Chet. chet yeah yeah because he wants to do something completely different. I think you want to be their daughter. You don't want to be their son. Right. The daughter's like, she's not going to be in the NBA. You know what I mean? There's right. never going to be an apples to apples comparison. Yeah. And she can talk about being so proud of her dad and being a hero yeah. and stuff like that. You, you, want to be the, you want to be the daughter, not the son. Yeah, then you can be spoiled and mm-hmm. buy whatever you want mm-hmm. as a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's always on the road. And he's banging floozies, so he overcompensates when he comes home. Oh, another pony. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Exactly. That's what you want in a dad. Yeah. A dad who's never there but overcompensates when they return. Yeah. yeah. Like Chris, I, you want Chris Rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of ponies. <laughs> yeah. Always on the road. Always working in Vancouver. You know, we shoot yeah. a movie and then come home and try to buy your love. Yeah. That's and he loves I, his daughters. He's always like spoiling them. I was yeah. thinking back on one of the things my dad used to say, and I'd never talked about it, but I was talking about it with Dr. Drew, which is he, my dad would complain. All, he had this thing with my sister where he would complain all the time. He'd go, give me, get me, take me. That's all you want. Like, give me, get me. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, yeah, that's what nine-year-olds want. They yeah. want you to <laughs> give them food and, like, take them to the movies. Yeah. Like, his beef, which he said out loud a lot, is these kids. Yeah. What is it with them wanting stuff? My dad All did the, the same time. thing. He would he would just go want 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 want. <laughs> Through his clarinet. But do you like for Michael Jordan's son? Like you want you should want to get out of that shadow. To for the first thing people say about you is not oh he's Michael Jordan's son right? You want. To, I think you got to go gay. You got to go gay. <laughs> you go gay, all the pressure's off. Now people stop expecting you to be... Uh, Magic the, the, Johnson's yeah. kid, I think, is gay. Everyone leaves him alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stab's like the greatest player in the world. No one ever says, him, well, why aren't you out on the hardwood? Why aren't you coaching? You know what I mean? You just go, you just go gay. You get yeah. left alone. Is Michael Jordan's son a little bit short? He looks kind of short. I don't know. He, he look, I said LeBron because he looks more like LeBron. Yeah, than, he does. He, does. Like he doesn't... 
Maybe he's not really his son. Mm-mm. Oh, and maybe conspiracy number two, Erica. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Taylor Swift and Kelsey. Huh? I like this. Mm-hmm. All right, um, let's move away from basketball here. So scientists in Brazil they are developing the first vaccine against cocaine addiction. Mm. Yeah, so it's designed to trigger an immune response that blocks the drug from reaching the brain, which then stops addicts from getting high. Do you and snort then, it? And then it will. Uh, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's a it's shot in the arm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think that's yeah. a joke. What so if you people... got to tie off first? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Would it work for Adderall too? Because uh, I, I, what if people need medicine that? What if they need something like that and then it doesn't work? They need to yeah. If they Ask them to. for a friend. Yeah. Yeah. If they're <laughs> if they're ADHD. Um, <laughs> I don't. You know. I mean, eventually we're going to have one of these blockers for for everything. I'm just assuming. Couldn't hurt, I guess. And then you also get a. You know. Do not overestimate the placebo effect of going yeah you know here's a pill if you touch alcohol you'll throw up violently the pill could be a sugar pill but you it keep you off of of alcohol yeah you know um so good right now it's not good for the industry like the cartels and the people right. running the stuff and they got families to feed but so how many people how many people do you think would actually take that vaccine are they taking it before they have an addiction or are they taking it after they have the addiction i think the new world order is <laughs> you take it when you're a baby no it's 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 the uh what is the fucking human whatever that's, that's a stupid injection so f- undisciplined people can stop eating Oh, Zempic. 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 If you say to anyone, would you like to go and hang out with Dr. Drew at this facility for seven weeks or get this shot? Would you like to go on this strict diet for a number of months and be assigned to work out, you know, a personal coach? Or would you like to take a shot? Yeah. We're all just in Taking line to shot. take the shot. Everyone's yeah. going to take the shot. So, yeah. Or you can not take the shot for the cocaine um, avoid the Zempic and just do enough blow to skin yourself down, you know, which would be a meat in the middle. Oh yeah, kind of, that's kind true. of thing. That's how I would do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I feel like people would miss the high. Like they're doing it for the escape, so they those people would find another thing to get high off of. You know? Right. Yeah, but what they end up doing is they end up doing like extreme sports and they mm. get into weird sexual fetishes and skydiving yeah. and, and lots of tattoos and stuff like they try right. to fill the void with some other weird activity that may involve like danger or pain yeah because that's the addict I feel brain. like those people should be going to 12-step programs i agree with that yeah all right uh neil degrasse is <laughs> theoretically going to be chiming in in a few minutes is that right Uh-oh. i got that right yeah yeah okay Hop on it, man. So um, I think what we should do is uh, give Erica some plugs. Yes. Yes. If you'd like to not see her new special, but listen to it. <laughs> I, Lady I Bug, you do. It's hilarious. I suggest it as well. And Marcus Jordan is only 6'3". His dad is 6'6". So it's mm-hmm. always a disappointment. <laughs> so. yeah. EricaRhodesComedy.com. Is where you go. Yes. Always great to see you again, my dear. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me back. Neil deGrasse Tyson is going to be on the show, and we'll do that right after this. Hey, I don't know if you guys know, but it's See Better Drive Safer Month now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. They have 
put a spotlight on items to help you see the road more clearly. All month long, receive gift cards after rebate on select wiper blades and bulbs. If your wiper blades are streaking and smearing, well, they're worn out and they need to be replaced. But good news, you can get up to a $20 O'Reilly gift card after rebate with purchase of select wiper blades. Their professional parts people will install your new wiper blades and they'll do it for free. See the road better with new bulbs? Get up to a $15 O'Reilly gift card after rebate with the purchase of Sylvania Silver Star Ultra or select ZXE Twin Pack Bulbs. They'll even help you pick out the right bulb for your vehicle. Visit your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store for details. O'Rewards members receive two times O'Rewards points on select bulbs and up to four times points on cleaning supplies for your vehicle. Don't miss the See Better Drive Safer Month now at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store or shop online at O'ReillyAuto.com. The Adam Carolla Show presents Neil deGrasse Tyson's birthday cocktail party for October 5th. Let's see who's here. Here is the 21st president of the United States, Chester A. Arthur. The French inventor who made the first motion picture, Louis Lemire. Let's welcome the pioneer who invented and built the first liquid-fueled rocket, Robert H. Goddard. Fast food entrepreneur Ray Kroc is here. From the Three Stooges, let's welcome Larry Fine. From the Halloween series, Donald Pleasance is here. The cartoonist from the family circus, Bill Keen. From ACDC, let's welcome Brian Johnson. Pink from Pink Floyd's The Wall and the singer of the Boomtown Rats, Bob Geldof. Bernie Mac is here. Let's welcome esteemed attorney, Mark Garrigus. Mario Lemieux is here. Guy Pierce joined the party. Kate Winslet just walked in. Jesse Eisenberg is here. It's Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. And Abracadabra. Let's welcome Steve Miller. Neil deGrasse Tyson is on the Adam Carolla Show. Wow, that is eclectic and loaded for bear. You got <laughs> one of everybody <laughs> hey, on that list. It's been too long. Yeah, good to see you, Neil. I'm looking so, down. You know what? A yeah. more impressive list hmm. is the number of people born my year. The uh, my year, the year I was born, includes Madonna, Michael Jackson, and Prince. Just thought I'd put that out there. Wow, you've got all. Well, at least two of the bases covered. Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> has a new documentary out that he's producing, Shot in the Arm, and I'll tell you where you can go to see it. You can go online at shotinthearm. Sorry, shotinthearmmovie.com and find out about this important documentary. Um, where does DeGrasse come from? Oh, yeah, that's uh, my grandmother's maiden name. She's from the British West Indies, Nevis and St. Kitts. And there is a French admiral, Admiral de Grasse, where we are barely taught about him in our schooling here in the United States. We are led to believe that some ragtag Minutemen defeated the world's most powerful army and navy. We just led to believe that. Whereas our, our diplomatic relations with France was such that France would jump in to help us 
if we're going to be fighting the British, because they were like longtime enemies. So they lent us Admiral de Grasse and Admiral uh, blockaded ports, prevented no outright battles, but but irritated the British, preventing them from bringing in material and personnel that would otherwise just whip our ass as the as these colonies. And so the British finally caught up with him, put him. No, he's an admiral, so they don't execute him. They put him under island arrest in the British West Indies, and they put him in Nevis and St. Kitts. He was a celebrity prisoner. And for the people who were irritated by British rule, many of them just took his last name in defiance. And so there was an enclave of the grasses in Nevis and St. Kitts. And she was among them before she immigrated to the United States through Ellis Island. Well, I'm glad I asked. No, it's pretty cool. I, I thought you were going to say, ah, you know, I had an uncle and uh, that was his nickname. Yeah, no, no, there's a whole up. story there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the documentary, give us a synopsis of it. I haven't seen it, but I have seen the trailer for it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of anti-science thinking and sentiment out there today. Uh, we've known it, you know, forever, but it's, it seems especially pernicious in the in the in the era of fast exchange of information and emotions and the cesspool we call social media uh and so so anti-scientific thinking can lead to decisions that are not in the interest of your health your wealth or your security um one of them was the rise in the anti-vaccine movement which began uh, decades ago but it hit ahead it first sort of manifested when there were measles outbreaks. Measles, I thought we eliminated measles, you know, before the turn of the century, before into the year 2000. But it started popping up in pockets where people were not vaccinating. All right. And then so at that pit of peak in 2019, then came COVID. So uh, I worked with a documentarian. Uh, his name is Scott Hamilton Kennedy. He was a writer, producer, director of this documentary. Uh, I'm an executive producer, but more than that, I'm a script consultant because the, the movie explores the causes of vaccine hesitancy and the charisma of those who draw people into it. And it, it brings compassion to that, to this fact that there are people who think they're making the right decision, but are not or they're not making a decision in the interest of objective truths. So, I, so no, I don't have specific expertise in medicine, but I do have expertise in communicating science. And well, I think I do at least. So, so I advised on the script and some editings and things. And so this is a one and a half hour documentary exploring the causes and solutions to anti-scientific thinking that led to vaccine hesitancy. Is RFK Jr. the most visible face in the anti-vax movement? And then would he even call himself anti-vax? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I, he's clearly the most visible face, especially that he's running for president. All right. He's interviewed in this in this documentary, not well before I think it was even a thought that he would be running for president. So he's the most visible, but his it, it's not the foundation of his entire platform. OK, it's a it's an aspect of where he's coming from. What I find odd in his, uh, in his, on his platform is he will tell you, uh, we have him interviewed saying things as, as such that you shouldn't trust the scientist on this. 
that they're 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 nefarious. They 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 have their own financial gain in mind, and big pharma and just don't trust them. Meanwhile, because he comes from the sort of liberal side of things, he's the first in line to tell you trust the scientists on climate change and right. what they say. So I find it an odd dichotomy there right. uh, in what it is you choose to. Uh, 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 follow scientists with and what you choose not to. And the interesting thing about the vaccines is that, you know, liberals were the OG anti-vaxxers. Okay. Yeah. Cause they didn't trust big pharma and they, and these measles pockets opened up in highly liberal enclaves, especially New York, Boston, California, where you find sort of blue voters it in COVID the anti-vax movement spilled into the conservative right where people say, you can't make me get a shot. It was a freedom thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a, like and so you had, you know, they say politics makes strange bedfellows. You had conservatives and liberals sort of shaking hands on the same side of the fence where previously you would have never found the two together. And they were doing it for different reasons, but with the same outcomes. So it's a it's a fascinating fascinating it's a tragic fact that many more people died who didn't need to had they been vaccinated 87 percent was the last number i saw 87 percent of the people who died were not vaccinated on against co- COVID. we're talking covid not measles but no, the, no, i'm sorry uh, right, uh, covid they're talking about now Correct. yeah but the doc is but anyway so, so this so the film does the this and i'm and 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 like i said i'm 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 lending my sort of educational pedagogical insights into his effort to tell this story he's he has several documentaries under his belt and he's academy award nominated for one of them in fact so i was i was honored to be asked and i and i helped out what is your take on climate change from a practical standpoint like so i'm interested in what we could do (laughs) you are a clear-headed dude and i'd love you for that um so here's an interesting problem, and I don't have a good answer for this. So don't, I'm going to tell you the problem, and don't try to get the answer from me because I don't have one. But you, you are very bluntly practical guy, and I think this is this is like signature Adam Carolla question. So climate change, we can predict. Uh, we make some predictions, and there are uncertainties in all predictions, but the trend is the same. Humans are warming the climate, and when you're shifting the curve of climate phenomena to warmer temperatures, the tail on the curve of that of that distribution, so the extreme climate events, so extreme floods, extreme droughts, extreme uh, uh, storms, shows up at, because you shift it. This, in the middle, it shifts by one or two degrees. And you say, how could that make a difference? And that that entire ensemble of weather phenomenon shifts and in the middle you don't notice it but in the extremes you're knocking out the city walls that kept uh, that kept hundred year flood lines off out, outside the inner city so my my point is I can tell you this is bad okay we will ultimately flood the cities and if this continues we will melt the Greenland ice cap and the Antarctic ice cap and if that water goes into the oceans, the oceans levels will rise and reach the level. You can calculate this: the level of the left elbow of the Statue of Liberty. Okay, so now here's here's the 
Adam Carolla trademark question. Um, is it the job of scientists to make policy surrounding that or just to alert lawmakers so that they can have a political discussion about what to do with it? So, so, so that's an interesting question, because do you just say, scientists, what should we do next with our economy and our investments and our and our uh, power plants? And, our, and we don't necessarily have that expertise. I don't know that the politicians do either, but at least they represent an electorate. So that's the question I put out there. Yeah, well, I think you have to approach it from five different angles. You know, part of it has to be, you know, when Katrina, I think it was, flooded New Orleans and Louisiana and all that kind of stuff. Part of it was climate. And then the other part was the Army Corps of Engineers didn't have seawalls that that could take it. You know what I mean? It's completely human. That was a human thing all the way. Yeah. Katrina is an easy thing to point at. But by the way, Katrina was already down to category three when it crossed over New Orleans. And people were just sweeping up some of the dead branches that fell off the trees. Then the levees broke. So, right. so yeah, no, no, that's th- that example. I'm with you on that one. So that's, but people well, might as, as an example, you have, you know, force majeure, act of God, storm, whatever we're calling it. And then there's a human engineering part of it. That's a failure as well. And, you know, I live in Southern California. I live in Los Angeles. As a profession, I did earthquake rehab work when I was swinging a hammer for a living. And I understand structures that can take an earthquake and ones that can't. And if you go to Old Town Pasadena, you'll see old brick buildings from the 20s. But if you go inside the sushi restaurant, you'll see big steel I-beams that are welded up. It's called a moment in engineering you may know the term, and they weld and they go into the ground and they got a pad and number four rebar and whatever. So they took this thing that if it was in Guatemala, and that's why when there's an earthquake in Guatemala and they do a 6.1, it levels the city and we get a 7.2 in Los Angeles and a bunch of skyscrapers sway around a little. So there's a part where you go, I would like to be able to predict the earthquakes and if we're if we're aiding the earthquakes in any way, like we're, we're actually making the earthquakes worse, I want to work on that, too. But I want to simultaneously work on retrofitting the buildings and building the seawalls up and make it sort of a two prong approach. I don't have a problem with that because I don't know how impossible it will be to end all CO2 emissions around the world, especially if not all countries are participating evenly, even though China is building more uh, coal fire plants, as I understand it. They're also becoming a leader in the world in sort of green technologies in tandem with that. So in the spirit of what you just said, if you can't, it's unrealistic to shut everything down right now and then try to have a solution show up in the next couple of years. So you, you, but this is where the wisdom of governance comes from and people who, who know about different um, stakeholders uh, and how they play into one a coherent whole. So the thing with vaccines is, um, of course, early COVID, by the way, was called the novel uh, virus because it had never been seen before. And when you, if you have a virus that's never been seen before, you exercise caution over non-caution because you don't know things. So if we were all cleaning the act, act, grocery packages, right, with with swabs, what came in, because at the time, 
it was not known how the virus would best translate. But people were feverishly working on that. And yes, there's a time delay and the communication was imperfect. Yes. But you have to realize that when science is on the frontier, you have to sort of understand that it's on the frontier and the, and the best advice can change from one week to the next, provided you have conduits of communication that even allow that. Well, and so then we learn, no, that's not how it's transmitting. And, and the people who say we shouldn't have ever closed the schools. Well, OK, you can say that in hindsight because the disease was not did not affect children badly. You can. But if at the time you said. Keep the schools open and the disease preferentially killed old people and children. You'd be the biggest murderer in the world that day for having made that decision. So uh, and then you can ask the question, what is the trade-off between a kid that gets a flu like symptoms for COVID and would easily over uh, recover from it um, and the cost to their emotional, intellectual development by losing one or two years in school? But then you have to ask if the kid has COVID. How contagious is it from the kid to then bring it home and infect their grandfather? Or the, so the contagious factor was still something being researched at the time. So all of this is is something that I think we can do better next time. But at some point, people need to sit down and understand that you realize nearly a half a billion people in this world have died from just smallpox. And all that ended when we eradicated smallpox with vaccines. People today are looking at vaccines like it's some evil thing, because when vaccines work, you don't even know it. Okay, yeah. it's like saying, Adam, wh uh, why are you using uh, dandruff shampoo? You don't have dandruff, right? That's yeah. the that's the same kind of scenario. No, I get it. You yeah. know, I I was like, um, I have uh, a teenage son, and I had. Uh, elderly parents at the time. And I was like, I think my elderly parents should get vaccinated. And I don't think my teenage son should get vaccinated. That's I was sort of in the middle. I think the problem and you can you're uniquely qualified to answer this. I feel like the problem with the CDC and the WHO and Rochelle Walensky and Fauci and Deborah Burks and a lot of these people's they didn't do themselves any favors because they 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 sort of hemmed and hawed. They they were a little inconsistent about some of the messaging and a few occasions like when we all decided that the lab leak wasn't a lab leak, but that it came from a wet market and everyone definitively knew it came from a wet market without a whole lot of evidence. I think it made people suspicious. I think when Rochelle Walensky was talking about opening schools and then had to walk it back and said, I was just saying that not in official capacity, but just as a mother. And when Fauci was called in front of Congress and we're talking about Black Lives Matter marches and he's saying, I don't have any thoughts about that. It started to be inconsistent. And I think that's the problem that made people suspicious. That's so a fair concern, Adam. And and let me address that. And I have. I'm, I'm not here to rebut your concern about the inconsistencies. What I want to declare is that first on the frontier, when science is still discovering the, the, the properties of a pathogen, a novel pathogen, um, results can change weekly 
And they can even reverse depending on how repeatable one group's experiments were versus another. Now, what needed to be improved, which we can say in hindsight, is officials need to better or figure out how better to communicate those uncertainties to the public. And their urge is to sound certain, right? Here's what you should do. Instead, what they should have done was say, the latest research says this, check back in a week. Uh, we might have to update this, modify it, or backpedal on it, depending on these 24 labs that are actively feverishly working on the on what this pathogen uh, and how this pathogen uh, operates. And I think if there was more honesty about the uncertainty and people understood what actually happens on the scientific frontier, then you wouldn't have people saying, you know, you said something different this week than last week. I will never believe anything else you say. Yeah. So that's a very tentative place to land in the middle of all of that. If they were a little more agnostic about a few things, I would tend to believe them. Like when they were saying it definitely didn't come from a lab, I was thinking, well, how do you know it didn't come from a lab? Yeah, no, so what they should have said, and again, I can say this in hindsight, but... I, I'm a scientist and I spend my life communicating science to the public. And many people in government have not spent their life communicating science to the public. So maybe what seems obvious to me was not yet obvious to them. I don't know. But um, what they could have said was, um, we don't have sufficient evidence to be sure that it came from the lab. And since previous pathogens have come from this wet market, that's where we think it came right now. What would you have said had it been said that way? Well, I don't know anything about science. I just, I get suspicious when people know things that are unknowable. I, I, I agree. I'm agreeing. You know? suppose, and so if you, if you couch it to me did. that way, yeah, if you couch to me that way, then I would say, yeah, that makes sense. And then I'll wait around and eventually maybe we'll yes. find out definitively. Yes. Yes. Right. yes. So I so in hindsight, I'm saying that's how they should have talked about it. And they didn't. So that leaves people susceptible to wondering, do they know anything about what they're talking about? Well, do now, we... there's another divide here. Yeah. Which I, no one talks about, but I may have to put it on the table. Um, holding aside whether Fauci could have communicated with more um, in, in a more couchy way than he did. Holding that aside, Couchy represents a scientific consensus. Okay, when he speaks, he's not talking about some fringe work he did that is counter to it. He's communicating what a consensus. When I say consensus in science, I'm not saying okay, who's voting? No, even though that's what the word really means. It's a Consensus always references opinions. In science, it's a consensus of results. Mm-hmm. Do more results point to this direction than to that direction? And those results are not a matter of scientific opinion. They're a matter of scientific experiments and observations. So I wish I had a better word than consensus. I don't. All right. So he represents that. No, what happened was you had fringe doctors. What I mean by fringe, literally fringe, where they have a view where other doctors Mainstream doctors don't agree. And they get on YouTube and say, they're all telling you this, but I have the real answer. And they're trying to suppress me because they all want me to agree with them. Listen to what I have to say. All vaccines are bad. Right. So there were pedigreed MDs 
doing this. And so what that meant was, because the internet is this great source of whatever information you want to find, people would say, I don't like vaccines. I don't want it. Let me type in, I don't like vaccines. And they'll find a Stanford doctor, a Harvard doctor, and they'll point to the pedigree and say, I'm listening to them because they have this pedigree. When science is not about pedigree, it's never been about pedigree. It's been about whatever your answer is, does, does another experiment verify it? If not, then go home. Go home. Okay? Well, and so that's the whole, and so the objective truths of science don't come out of the charisma of a fringe expert. And it's it's harder to write the headline on the, 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 the committee of, of, of it's hard to write a headline of the seven labs that all did research with faceless, nameless doctors, but medical researchers getting this result that all agree. Well, I think once again, the problem is, is like when the Great Barrington Declaration and some of those physicians and epidemiologists came out with a standard or with a narrative that was different than what would be the standard narrative that was coming out they got shut down and then that made people suspicious once again so there was a lot of activity that made people suspicious and i think created a lot of tinfoil hat wearing americans where it just didn't exist before this because of inconsistencies and or silencing that then made people feel like well if you're being silenced what do you know yeah. And so this so that 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 took weird turns, you know, with with Twitter and 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 uh, especially if if in the United States we're an open, you know, we're supposed to be free speech. So uh, let me just throw a bone in the direction of of uh, public health. All right. Uh, there are people who think a lot about public health. You can get a degree in public health an MPH. OK. And in public health, it's not just, are you healthy? Or did you take your meds or your vitamin? No, it's, is what you're doing adversely affecting the health of someone else, either in your family or a total stranger? And this is what led to the concerns about secondhand cigarette smoke. Asthma rates were higher in children who grew up in smoke. Now, the effect of secondhand smoke on other people got was exaggerated a bit early on and it turned out to be not as severe as what was originally thought well but that, that people, was just that it was insanely exaggerated and yeah, that was so the problem people, they said but 50s, in the end but people, it but it, it was grossly exaggerated i get it but if you're gonna lie to make a point you're gonna lose some of your audience exactly exactly so they need to be a, a, a little more honest about that yes um you can say i just don't want to smell smoke and that should be enough to still have a political conversation yes. about whether smoking is allowed in restaurants or public spaces. So, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm all there with you on that. But my point is, in public health, if you carry a disease and it's contagious, I think it is, it should be, and is the role of some agency above you that functions in the society that you participate. You're not a, a survivalist out in the woods. Okay. My wife is from Alaska. I know survivalists and they don't talk to anybody. They don't have electricity. They, they, okay. That's a different species of human that, that feels that way, but everybody else, 
where you hope the fire department comes when you have a fire and you pay school taxes and all right, somebody's got to be concerned with the, the the health of a community, which could be compromised by the health of an individual. And so a lot of those decisions was in that interest. Yeah, it got draconian there. We're going to silence you. And anybody who's curious, especially journalists, say, I wonder why they're what makes them afraid if they represent the truth, you know, and part of the fear, I think, <clears throat> is how potent and powerful the Internet is. All right. It, is the Internet in the hands of a charismatic person who's infused with wrong information and they draw people towards them? Can the truth ever be that charismatic? You know, this is an interesting dilemma we now confront in modern society. And now that AI is going to have the power to create deep fakes, oh my gosh, it's going to be the Wild West all over again. Well, that's a couple of quick ones for you. Um, Elon Musk, what do you think of Elon Musk, since you would both be considered two of the sort of most interesting, innovative, (laughs) educated people of our time? No, Walter I, Erickson has yet to approach me on a bio. Okay, so I'm I, curious. I, I, you know, he's written bios on Einstein, Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, you know, okay. So I, it's a, it'll be a while, if ever, before that'll happen. But continue. Thank well, you. Well, uh, no. What I'm interested in is I think you two are both very thoughtful, very bright, very interesting, and very educated. I think you're probably on the on a different side of the aisle politically, but I have no idea what you think of him. So we're friends in I don't want to overstate that, but we've met multiple times. He's been a guest on my podcast, though he didn't get high. Well, <laughs> it's a guest. Uh, actually, there's footage we couldn't use because it wasn't um, it wasn't conversational enough. But anyhow, I, I corresponded with him. Uh, before, during, and after SpaceX, you know, because he's in partly in my business, right? Mm-hmm. Space. Right. So uh, I tweeted. I had to tweet. I don't know if you guys found, dug it up. I, tw- I said, this is when he was like buying Twitter and then making awkward decisions about it. Uh, I said, while everyone is casting shade on Elon, perhaps you can spend a few moments reflecting on the fact that we are all talking about electric cars because of him. Right. And the affordability of access to space is being opened up by him. So just maybe you might reflect on that while you cast shade. Because as you know, Adam, we live in an era where if you don't like one thing about a person, then that's grounds for not liking everything about them. And I, that's not the world I grew up in. You could you could compartmentalize aspects of somebody. Oh, you feel that way? I am total opposite. Let's still go have a beer. Now you say one thing and you get canceled out of the equation. And that's that it does not bode well for the future health of civilization. Well, it also doesn't bode well for your continued education, because your your rules are you, you, you can only surround yourself with people who agree uh, 10 out of 10 times on everything you think. <laughs> so where it's it's like saying I can only go to a gym where all the barbells and dumbbells are filled with helium. Yeah, good. Very good analogy. I love it. And I, I, it, 
I, I have a lot of smart friends and, and, you know, the rules are sort of, are you interesting? Are you engaging? Are you thought provoking? Not, do you agree with everything I have to say? And then we have these great discussions and you get all these alternative viewpoints from all these different directions. And it's really, if you're not insecure, then it's delightful. I guess it's if you're life, it's, it's a, it's a mind expanding experience as a minimum you learn why people think the way they do, who you might vehemently disagree with. For me, that has great value as an educator because it, it's ways, to, there are pathways in there that I can educate. And it, it, the communication pathways, once they're open, empowers me to educate people that I might not have otherwise had this encounter. You know what I did? Because what you're speaking to is the siloing of the internet, right? You watch a couple of YouTube videos and you're fed everything that relates to that. You're surrounded by it and you think that's the way it is. And there's someone else in a whole other silo that's completely differently fed and they think that's how that is. You know what I did? You might be proud of me for this, okay? Um, During the Black Lives Movement, uh, towards the end, it wasn't on purpose, it just was coincidental. Uh, That is post-George Floyd. I purchased a a multi-blade knife from the catalog L.A. Police Gear. (laughs) I just did that. All right, because I thought that's a cool knife. It's been a while since I had a Swiss Army knife. And this one had even a little kind of hammer on it, tool around the house kind of thing. I think you'd appreciate it. Leather man kind of thing. Amateur level handyman device. Mm -hmm. Comes with a little leather holster. I bought that. And all of a sudden, because I bought it online, I started getting ads for MAGA hats and a Trump memorabilia. And so I also bought, so one of the Trump catalogs came, and I'm not a fan of Trump, but I, I bought a, a $2 bill with his picture replaced with for, for Jefferson mm-hmm. as, as a keepsake memento. And so now, because I did that, I'm seeing things that I didn't even know existed. I'm being fed on the internet. And I say, wow, there's a whole demographic out there that thinks this way for these reasons. And I had no idea. Oh, yeah. So what you should do is watch some videos that have nothing to do with anything you care about. And the whole world opens up to you about how people think. Well, and you get better at what you're good at. You because and and how you think and what I'm saying, I'm, I'll explain that. I love that phrase, but <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean anything. But no, what I'm saying is, is, you know, when you train in the off season to play football, Lynn Swan did ballet, but that's not football. But that's why he was so graceful on the football field and made all those acrobatic catches. And what I'm saying is, is go out and get some alternative viewpoints and think about them and maybe push back against them or maybe imbibe them. And then your own thoughts will become more precision oriented, more concise and cleaner. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. And by the way, that happened with me with regard to religion. Uh, You know, decades ago when I wasn't really recognized, you'd be on the plane. So what do you do? And what do you do? I say, I do astrophysics. And usually the fifth or seventh question to me after black holes, quasars, you know, Pluto. And one of them is like, what do you think of God? And I think they asked me because I study the whole universe. Right. And so, and, and God is up there in the universe kind of thing. And 
I gave some early answers that I wasn't satisfied with because I'm not a religious guy. And why should I be commenting on religion at all if I have no awareness or understanding of religious thought? So I spent the next several years acquiring religious texts of all kinds, the Quran, uh, the Torah, uh, you know, uh, the literature from Jehovah's Witnesses, the uh, uh, Mary Baker Eddy, the uh, from the Christian Science folk, the Seventh Day Adventist, the Latter Day Saints, and Joseph Smith, and I started reading them. Not every word, but because that I'd have the time, but just getting a sense of the gestalt of where they're coming from and why. I started reading about animists, mm-hmm. which is a common uh, 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 worship uh, mode of worship for na- uh, native peoples. Right? Animism is nature is imbued with the spirit energy of deity. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's the spirit of the brook or the mountain or the clouds, this sort of thing. OK, when I did that, oh, my gosh, I can have a whole conversation with religious people about where they're thinking, what they got their information from. And I felt much better as an educator for having done so. Um, and, and so. So, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm just I said all that to just agree with you. <laughs> it's all right. Uh Oh, you're That's, used to everybody always agrees with me. <laughs> no, you're the one who. Oh no, you you probably get a little pushback. Let me give you a plug, uh, Neil. Shot in the arm, and you can see this very important documentary if you go to shotinthearmmovie.com. You can also check out his website, Neil deGrasse Tyson dot com is where you go, and you can check him out at Neil Tyson. And all on, my books are there too. There's too on much the to, to talk about to me to mention the books, but the books are in there, too. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson dot com. Yes, yes, yes. yes. All very yes. clearly identified there. Always great Thanks catching up. Always great catching up with you, my friend. Adam, I miss you. Next time I'm in L.A., we should hang out or something. We'll go get a four, five guys. Wait, want a burger? What's your burger out here? Oh, you know, OK, OK. You're going to go there. <laughs> I, I'm a I'm. I have to I have to lean Shake Shack burger. Oh, Shake Shack. The last time yeah. I saw you, you came in with the Shake Shack bag, I think well, is, is what <laughs> is what it is. And the Shake Shack me. burger is a gourmet restaurant owner who who went down into the fast food marketplace to make a hamburger rather than an in and out, which is a fast food place trying to make a high level burger. See, these are two different Directions. ways to approach the same goal. And I'm, I'm liking the Shake Shack above that. Well, above next time you're in dinner. town, it's on me, my friend. Okay. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson, thank you very much for uh, joining Adam, me today. Always good to talk to you. Talk to you. All right. Uh, I'm going to be in Las Vegas at uh, Jimmy Kimmel's club tonight doing the late show and then Rancho Mirage, California. Now we've added a second show. That'll be December 16th. First show was sold out. Sacramento Punchline, November 17th, 18th. That's selling out. So if you want a few tickets left, just go to adamcarolla.com for all of that. And until next time, it's Adam Carolla for Erica Rhodes and Neil deGrasse Tyson and Chris Max Pattis saying mahalo. The Adam Carolla Show is recording you recorded using Rode microphones. Visit RODE.com. And our music is provided by Extreme Music at ExtremeMusic.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744. And you can get tickets to see the Ace Man at AdamCarolla.com.
Dive into true crime on Pluto TV. Unravel the mysteries with forensic files and 48 hours. Investigate crimes with Dateline 24-7 and unsolved mysteries. With thousands of free crime movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is the true home of crime. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming true crime on live channels and on demand. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. All right, this show brought to you in part by Simply Safe. If you have 30 minutes, you never have to worry about break-ins ever again. Just go to simplysafe.com/adam, get all the sensors you need, all the help you need as well to set it up. Custom systems going to show up post haste at simplysafe.com/adam.